Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. Welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day, all the way from the wastelands of California. My name is Michael, and I'm a mere figment of your imagination. I look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation. First time listeners, turn on, tune in, and drop out. This is a very different kind of show, a place where we don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity. Oh yeah, live and direct right now. And tonight, I'll be joined by multiple souls. Jamie Mauricio and Valerie McLaughlin are live in the building. Well, not so live in the building. Let's bring them in. Jamie, are you there? Hello, Michael. Yes, I'm here. Amazing. Let's bring in Val. I'm here. There you are. What's going on? Hey, Michael, great to have you. Great to be on here. Thank you so much for having us. Appreciate that. Thank you both so much for being a part of the program. I was going to get into the intro, but I thought, let's not waste so much time. Let's get right into things. And I'm so glad you guys reached out to me. Originally, it was uh, through an email uh, trying to promote this conference that's going down in Rhode Island. I definitely want to hear it. Uh, hear all about it, but Jamie, before we begin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and then Valerie, uh, do the same. Okay. Sure. Sure thing. Yeah, absolutely. So a little bit about me. I am, um, originally from Massachusetts, uh, New England area here, uh, northeast part of the country. Uh, you know, my, my background really, I was a, really much of a mainstream, uh, person, you know, uh, raised middle, middle lower class family. Kind of grew up um, like like a lot of folks, mainstream, where you 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 know you're taught to get a good education, get a good job, work hard, pay your taxes, church on Sunday, uh, barbecues and ball games on the weekend. Life's tough, and then you die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, something happened about 10 years ago where I, I kind of snapped out of that uh, snapped out of the paradigm, peeked out of the box, if you will. Something kind of we could say supernatural bit happened to me, uh, and ended up writing a book called Beyond 2012. Watch where you're going. Um, something that I never thought I would do. And, and in that process, um, you know, uh, in a bunch of synchronicities, uh, you know, I came to realize a much bigger picture. And that's led me to research things like um, uh, consciousness, ufology, near-death ex- experiencers, 
um, you know, philosophy, uh, quantum physics. So it's, it's for the last 10 years, I've really been, I've dove into the research. And in, and as part of that research, I've had some experiences myself, um, especially in the, in, in, in the area of ufology. So, uh, it's really opened up my wor- world and, uh, I think it's fascinating and, uh, I'm really eager to share what I've learned, you know, with, with, with so many folks who I think these are important topics. People should realize really what I call the, the real news, the real events that are going on. And um, so, you know, when I when I met Val and she was putting on this conference, uh, X Filers United here in Rhode Island, I, I reached out and was really eager to help and, and jump in. And, and so, um, you know, that's where I am. A little bit more more about me on the personal side. You know, my, my education, I am a chemical engineer. So I worked as a chemical engineer for several years. Uh, acquired my MBA and I've been a finance professional uh, for the last. Um, Almost 14 years now, so well, my day job sort of, sort of, sort of still maintains. So, I, uh, however, I, uh, as I mentioned, um, you know, uh, while, while I have these day jobs, I'm, uh, all my free time is really researching um, the topics that I mentioned. So, so that's about me, and, and I'm really excited about this conference that's coming up that we'll get into, and um, we can talk more about that. But I'll hand it over over to you, Michael, and, and Val. Let Val talk about herself. Oh, yes. We'll get into a few things in your background that I'm very curious to ask you about. But before we do, Valerie, go ahead. The stage is yours. Oh, yeah. Well, I grew up pretty much in Rhode Island. And uh, and uh, I've been in the, uh, you know, my daytime job for more years than I want to say. <laughs> Has pretty much been a, I've been a psychotherapist, a counselor for people with addictions and mental health issues. So that's my day. That's been my day job. But since seven years old. Uh, must have been at least seven. I just got into the paranormal, you know, UFOs like Star Trek was all the TV really started me off and astrology and, um, you know, all, all the shows. And I, then I started reading on my own, uh, the different topics. Uh, I, I haven't been abducted or anything like that, but, um, I've had one experience of cosmic consciousness that was, that was my, my most paranormal experience I had, um, that was in my early thirties. Um, and, but I've just been a fan. And the other thing is I started this out. It's actually been a two year process about two years ago. Um, things had settled down and work was status quo and I wanted to do something fun. I wanted to do something where I could talk to about these subjects. I mean, my friends are great, but we don't have always the same interests. And Rhode Island's kind of, I don't know, it, 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 it's amazing in New England, the history we have with the hauntings and the paranormal, but it, I, there's not a lot of groups around who talk about it or get together and, 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 and talk about these topics. So I said, um, and I'm an X-Files fan for 25 years, die hard. <laughs> um, I must have seen every episode at least three to four times. Um, and I said, you know, and, and the resurgence of X-Files became the last two years. I said, you know, that would be fun. And I really liked the X-Files show because it had everything with the poor. Uh, I mean, they had the paranormal. They had the UFOs. They had the um, ghosts. They had so many different topics. And you learned about it. And it got you ex- exploring and learning more and reading other people's uh, other magazines or TV shows, you just opened up a whole world, I think, for a lot of people who had very little understanding of it. And so I just loved the show. And I said, that would be really neat. Uh, so I started it. And I almost canceled. 
<laughs> um, got a little bit of cold feet. But then I hooked, I said, no, the universe wants me to do it. I couldn't get it out of my head. It was nagging at me. Nope, I got to do this. And so, um, it, it, I, you know, things are going well. I got a lot of secrets, but it wasn't until Jamie came on that with his um, experience and his um, reaching out to people and the people who knew, it just, it just exploded. And we, we are so blessed to have so many great speakers lined up for our conference. It's called xfilesunited.com. Uh, well, that's our website. And it's about, it's fear-led, and it's about all things X-Files, the paranormal, UFOs, cryptozoology, Bigfoot, <laughs> all the different topics. And we have these expert um, presenters from across the country who are going to present at the conference. We're very, very blessed to have the quality of people that we have listed. Very nice. That sounds like a good event. Not many events of that nature go on out there in Rhode Island. No, that's the thing. Uh, uh, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why we've actually had to, like, say, sorry, we can't have you as a speaker. <laughs> one, for room space. The other thing is, uh, mostly, it's, it's because there is not a whole lot here. I guess I was just, they were waiting for someone maybe to start something like this in New England, in Rhode Island, uh, where we can get people together um, and and um, and talk about these topics and learn and grow. Um, so I guess I feel we're filling a void, and this is just going to be a springboard to mo- to more and more um, access for people in the New England to connect with other people and to get more new people in- interested in. Oh, you know yeah. uh, that they didn't know what was there. You know they didn't yeah. know it was in New England and where to find it. Very very nice, and of course. I must be honest here, I am in fact a skeptic, but an open-minded one. I find all of this very intriguing. Some things are explainable and some things are quite unexplainable. I, I often admit that to myself at times. And um, of course, I don't mean this to sound negative in any way, but I'm curious to know, and this time I'm, I'm addressing uh, you, Jamie. Uh, I'm curious to know, Jamie, what is it exactly that makes you hang on to your supernatural beliefs? Yeah, yeah, sure, Michael. Thanks for that question. So, you know, I mentioned, you know, my upbringing it was pretty much mainstream, but there were a, a few signposts I'll call along the way of my life that that uh, where some events happened that, um, and I, I don't know how much you want me to get into them, but but for the first one when I was younger, um, you know. Uh, I'll, I'll call it when I was, you know, between the ages of, of, of 10 to, to, to 14, uh, downloads, messages from, I don't know what you want to call it, but I, I was in the, it was in the mid-80s, and I received some messages that I shared with one person that was, uh, you know, a cousin of mine, and um, basically the, 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 the messages led to what, what I call a premonition of 9-11. In fact, when 9-11 happened some, some, some almost 30 years later, uh, I immediately called my this cousin who I hadn't spoken about this since we were teenagers, and as soon as I called him, he knew I had called him, and and um, so that that was one event. But by the time 14, the contact with what I'll call um, beings, uh, these these beings that that were uh, I'll call positive beings, um, basically ceased. You know, I became a teenager, got caught up in mainstream stuff, um, high school girls, you know, the, the normal stuff teenagers get caught up with, and and. Um, kind of moved on from there and then 
uh, at the age of of 17, uh, another paranormal experience, kind of on a on a whim. It started with a Ouija board, and it's funny you mention you're a skeptic because I, I'm an engineer by trade, as I mentioned, so I'm very a science-based, math-based kind of person, and very um, you know a person who 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 um, is very was very skeptic to these things. And when yeah. it came to Ouija board, I had always heard you know when you when, when you use a Ouija board and you ask it questions, your subconscious is answering the questions, and that's what makes you believe. So. I, I won't go into the whole event that happened, but I'll, I'll, I'll summarize here. But basically, when the first night, I, I, a friend let me borrow, borrow a Ouija board, and uh, I, I made contact with a being who only made itself known to me as RDL. And um, in, the, in that process, what, the first night uh, when I used the Ouija board and it started moving, um, there was an energy you could feel through my body. And, but I wanted to ask it a question that I had no idea my subconscious could could know because again I was trying to disprove or prove whether or not this was real, um, and so one of the things I thought of was I, I'll, I'll turn my television on, and when you turn your TV off and on, it comes back to the same channel it was on. So what I did was I muted my television, I looked away, and I changed the channels rapidly for 30 seconds, and I turned my TV off, and I asked the board and or this being RDO what what channel was my TV on last, and it, it answered channel six, and it, when I turned it on, the channel was correct. Needless to say, um, I, I repeated the exercise again the next day, and it was correct again the next day, different channel this time. Um, and long story short, over, over a series of months, um, what happened was basically uh, paranormal events started happening around my home. So my, not only did I observe these things, but I was a, a young teenager, 17, living with my parents. They started observing things, things like appliances coming on and off, uh, lights coming on and off, um, and it culminated to an event where I actually became, um, I, I was, I had this, I had an ESP, if you could, well, if you could, if you could say so, where I would know things about other people before they would tell me. I was having mm. downloads, I was having visions, I was having dreams. This lasted for about a period of three to four months, and it culminated with a poltergeist event that happened right in front of me. Mm. And I think when that event happened, uh, it, it really shook me to my core. And this being RDL stuck with me for, for many years, until about the age of 30. Um, it wasn't until I had an experience with a shaman that that basically the 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 experiences stopped. Um, so so that was a kind of a got signpost that that I kind of ignored and I just thought, wow, I messed with something I shouldn't have. Um, you know, and I after that I went on to college after 17, went to college, but again this this being was um, showed up every so often. Uh, I'll say, uh, you know, until I was about 30, um, and then oh and then my. and then that oh, go ahead. I was just saying, oh my, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, so, so, so that, that, that ended up, but then, uh, again, uh, the book. So th- then in, in 2008, I was living in California at the time. I had moved there for work. And again, uh, moved on from the experiences very much mainstream. I was caught up in being, you know, the corporate job that I had, climbing the corporate ladder and got caught up in that. And all that was a thing of the past that I mentioned. Um, and then, uh, essentially, uh, one day I woke up and this idea of this book was in my head. And I, you know, I'm much, very much a, math science person and not, not very much an artistic person. I thought the idea of writing a book is just absurd. Uh, and then in August, August uh, 10th, 2008, something happened, another, we'll call it supernatural event. Um, I won't get into it it's in the forward of the book, but basically the supernatural event happened on that day where uh, basically I heard, I heard a voice um, that, that it, and it was a, a, a voice that basically said, you need to write this book. And so I did so. And again, the book is called Beyond 2012. Watch where you're going. And, and upon writing the book, um, that's when it, that's when I really dove into the, down the rabbit hole, we'll call it, 
and uh, really got to the experiences uh, of the paranormal, of ufology. Um, and in my research, I think the, the most uh, compelling evidence that I came across, because even as even I started researching these topics, um, it was I, I traveled out to a place called Mount Adams in um, in Washington State, and as part of my research, and uh, visited a place called ESETI, uh, stands for Light in Contact with Extraterrestrials. Uh, gentleman by the name of James Gilliland owns the ranch there, um, and uh, he's, he's pretty prominent. And so I visited the place, visited Mount Adams, and I saw several craft that that during my 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 four four day stay there, um, and and one that had a particular profound in, uh, impact on me. And so um, that's when I think that that was really when I turned the corner and became from this kind of skeptic to, you know, I've had this experience, and and I, and I call it an experience too because. I, I think, Michael, for skeptics, um, you know, it, it's like trying to tell someone who's never tasted chocolate ice cream what chocolate ice cream tastes like. You know, you, <laughs> you, you can you can say it's brown, you can say it's mm-hmm. sweet, but if you've never had chocolate ice cream, you have no idea what chocolate ice cream tastes like, mm-hmm. and you, you can't tell someone <laughs> yes. that they have to experience it. Well, I can agree with that, no <laughs> doubt. And yeah. uh, my, line, my, my line of questioning simply comes from... Uh, being in the skeptic mood that I have been in this whole week since just a few days ago I interviewed uh, Dr. Michael Shermer. So I'm still in that very skeptical mindset here. So I do apologize if I come across oh, no, a little no, brass no. here. Well, can I just interject something? Go ahead. Even okay. among, yeah, even among the paranormal, I mean, when I went to uh, the Michigan Paragon, um, para, uh, para, uh paraconference in August, uh, it was, they asked people, people who usually do, uh, you know, UFOs and abduction, right. they asked, do you believe in Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster or, you know, or, you know, something like that? And some said yes, some said no. Some said, do you believe, um, he does haunting, so, uh, he does the, um, uh, uh, the paranormal investigator, and he believed, yeah, I believe in UFOs. I want one to come down right now, <laughs> right here and oh, now. Yeah. So even among para- people in the paranormal field and the different things, they have their own level of skepticism too. You know, it's like not just because you believe in one thing doesn't necessarily you're going to believe everything else. And I think that's healthy um, in in some ways. So. Um, so it's uh, so it's okay to be, you know, everyone has their own level of their own experience or what how far they're willing to believe something, and I think that's uh, I think that's just human nature. Oh yeah, I can agree with you on that, uh, no doubt. And as I mentioned before, I'm an open-minded skeptic, and of course that may sound strange to uh, some out there, since I've had my own uh, few unexplainable experiences, and I don't exactly have any empirical evidence to back up any of my claims nor any rational explanation for a majority of those claims or experiences rather so I I could kind of understand completely how some people could sort of dismiss these sort of things yeah and I think too I mean some of these things you you could only truly understand or believe by having the experience like Jamie said if you never eat a, if you never eaten chocolate ice cream, you really won't get the full experience. You can read about it, you can look at it, <laughs> you know, but if you don't actually taste it, it's not going to mean as much. Right. It, it, you still kind of, it, it distances you. But once you experience something, 
it's a, it's a whole different level. It changes everything. And other people, yeah, it changes everything. And other people, they're not going to always, I mean, they're not going to understand it. It just, and that, you know, I guess they're not supposed to. Maybe that's the way the universe works. I'm not sure. But, um, it's, it's all, at all, it's at all levels. And, um, I, and again, to believe everything is not good. That's not good. That, um, for anybody, um, that's just too gullible, but <laughs> you're going to have some healthy sick because there's a lot of, you know, charlatans out there and there's a lot of people who misrepresent, um, this growing field. And, um, so you have to be, you have to have some skept, you know, some say, well, I don't know. Let me check this out kind of. Well, that's true. You have to have, you have to have some sort of level of discernment. You can't exactly, exactly believe. Yeah, you can't believe all Absolutely. these. Yeah, you can't believe all these mm-hmm. individuals at these conferences. And I've been to plenty of them before. And mm-hmm. of course, some of some of the speakers that I um, have seen in the past, I went in with the mindset of, oh, I don't believe a word this man says. But by the end of it, I actually talked to the person face to face, and mm-hmm. I get more of the maybe this might have happened. There's that slight mm-hmm. chance, perhaps. Yeah, they're they're telling the truth and they're not full of you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I think that it's it's good to have that kind of like you said discernment. I mean, there's some people who I would I said yeah really no I don't trust you as far as I could throw you and then there's you know people like Jamie or some others so I said wait a minute yeah no they're, they're tr- I I I may not understand it but I believe that they had that experience. Yeah. You know that mm-hmm. I'm not getting any BS. You know? Understood, understood. And uh, Jamie, so you had all these strange experiences early on, just like Valerie, and these experiences seem to have lasted for a very, very long time. Are you still experiencing anything uh, in the realms of the paranormal, I guess you could say? No, no, I haven't had any experiences recently in, in the paranormal. And in fact, you know, um, well, I, I've seen... Uh, I, I've seen uh, I, I'll say I've seen craft, uh, we'll call them UFOs, that I can't explain, so maybe we call that paranormal, but, you know, of, of, of the, of all the topics, the paranormal stuff is the stuff that, um, I'll say still kind of scares me the most because it's, it's something that, uh, you know, when, when one dabbles in it, I think that, it, that there, there's, there's something there that you need to know what you're doing and how to protect yourself and, and, and I don't begin to say I'm experiencing that. I've had some experiences, but I, I, I don't, I would, I would say I wouldn't know what I'm doing. So, so those kinds of things will kind of freak me out a little bit, to tell you the truth. Um, still, right. especially back to what happened with, with the, the RDL entity I mentioned with the Ouija board mm-hmm. when I was young and exper- experimenting. So, so no, so no to the paranormal. But, but I would say that, you know, the reason I'm so interested in, 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 in the topics, these X-Files, we'll call it topics, the cryptozoology, sure. the paranormal and the, and the UFOs is, of those, the ufology led me down a path, and this might—I don't know if this is new, to, you know, new to your listeners—but it's really a, um, in my opinion, it's a spirituality story. So I, I was raised Catholic and and uh, religious my whole life, but spirituality and religion are very different, in my opinion. And you know, one mm-hmm. of the things I found through all my research is that there's a spiritual component uh, to it, where you know I've learned a lot about ego and nature of consciousness and. You know what, what? What are we doing here? What's what's life? Where does consciousness come from? Um, and, and some of those things that that have been profound to me that have really had a really positive impact on my life. So so one is the spirituality component that that I, I you know 
that if, if it can help others, I, 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 you know, I'd love to help others um, realize some of those those same same things that I've come to realize. And then the second thing I'd say is, you know, I think the ufology topic um, and what's really happening out there, and, and the and the contact from these, um, you know, beings from 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 other places, dimensions. Um, uh, whatever you want to call it, planets, where, where, wherever you think they come from, um, I think it's profound because I, I think it's the next big step for you know the the human human civilization where you know it's as big as when we went from thinking the Earth was flat and I guess some still do and and you know mm-hmm. back in 500 years ago <laughs> to realizing hey there's a whole you know this guy named Christopher Columbus and even before them the Vikings but Christopher Columbus sailed across and wow now we're a global civilization so that happened 500 years ago <laughs> I think the next step for for us for humanity is to realize hey we're not alone in the universe and we actually can make contact with these beings and I think it's we're at, we're at the precipice of that where you know that that it, that it'll become you know eventually you know known at some point in the future whether it's a year from now or 100 years from now I, I think it's inevitable Understood. And Valerie, yeah. you as well had these um, strange encounters as well when you were young, correct? Oh, well, no, no. I was just very uh, interested. I did a lot of reading, studying, uh, watching documentaries. It was The only real experience I had was I was in my early 30s. I was doing a holotropic breath work exercise, which is a whole thing in itself, so I won't get into it. But I had what we call, it's called cosmic consciousness, where you, your spirit, your soul, and I, I know it's going to sound, you can't explain it, but your soul actually leaves your body and you become one with the universe. I was breathing, my, all the cells were all across the universe, and I was breathing with the universe, and I felt loved, and I felt um, uh, supported and warm. It was, it was the most magical experience I've ever had. And when I think about it, I still feel it. I would never, I haven't forgotten it. I never will. Um, most people never get it again. Uh, very few people ever get it again. And, um, and that was my most, par- that pretty is much my paranormal experience. Um, but I've never forgotten it. And it's a spiritual thing. I was going through a lot of spiritual um, work at that time, um, inside and reading and stuff. That I think that played a part. But I can't. It's a sensation. And then when you come back into your body, and there's been books written on that for people who have done, uh, who have had this experience. When you get back into your body, you feel like, no, bring me back up there. <laughs> you know. Right. I want to be back up there because now you feel so confined and it's like I, you just feel very con- confined. You go through a little bit of a depression because you know how, you know how wonderful the universe is and how nurturing it is. And then you get back into your body and you're living like the, what the mainstream, you know, life, you know, the nine to five job. Sure. The, you know, all this stuff, people being back, you know, people being mean to it, you know, all that. And you kind of get a little discouraged because you know that my feeling is if every single human being had that experience, we would have no more wars. We would have a wonderful society because after that, you just know it's about love. You just know it's about, it's more about, it's, it's about more than you. 
there's something else there and it's going to support you. You don't have to be afraid. Um, but when, once you get back to your body, you, you know, it, 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 you get back to the mainstream, you get the fears again, you, you know, it's, you know, it's out there, but it's hard to get back to it. And some people, you never get that experience again. Some people have at least another time or twice. Um, some people go crazy after the experience. Luckily, well, I probably went a little crazy, but not really crazy <laughs> after the experience. Um, and, uh, so that, so to, to make a long story short, that, that was my paranormal experience. I've never seen a UFO. I've never, I've never seen less than the Loch Ness Monster, which I want to. I want to go I want to as well. I want to find it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to find the Loch Ness monster. I really, I won't tell anyone because they're going to do terrible things to it. But I want to find it. Amazing. <laughs> and take another crazy picture of it. <laughs> That'd be nice. And yeah. In terms of being religious, are you religious, Valerie and Jamie? Same question. Uh, well, I'm not religious. I what we call, you know, spiritual, all that stuff. I, I, I believe, and I've, over the years, is my spirituality is with the God of my understanding. It's my relationship with my higher power, my universe. I call it the universe. So, my relationship so, so, Valerie, Valerie, you turned your back on God. I turn my back on the concept of the God that people have, dogma. The social construct. I think people, huh? The social construct of a God. Yeah. Understood. Because I think it, it limits it. The word God, and then you put all these rules and regulations of what these human beings are trying to put words into the God's mouth, and they twist it and stuff. I I can't believe, I can't have my spirituality that way. Um, I feel it's a more of a personal experience, um, that you have a dialogue with your higher power, that your higher power is there for you, uh, you're, and, and you're kind of like a partner, you know, it's like you're here to do something to make this world a better place, and your higher power is going to help you do that, and help you through the tough times by love and forgiveness and and, and making you feel, getting you through the tough times. That's my concept of it. It's not the, you know, you don't eat the fish on, you don't eat meat yes. on Friday. Uh, uh, women have to stay in this room and men have to be that. To me, that's just human, human stuff. Yeah. It's not spiritual to me. I could understand. I could uh, understand that and accept that, no doubt. Good point. Uh, Jamie, what's up with you? Yes, Michael. Yes, yes. So I am both. I, I, I am definitely spiritual, uh, and I do attend religious service. And I believe uh, through these experiences, I get more out of the religious teachings, where it's it's less about the ego um, and the dogma, and more about the, the main message. So, yes, I'm both. I, I, I would say I follow religion, and but I'm definitely a much more spiritual person now than I probably ever have been. And just you know, to harp on that, you know, when I was young, I remember. Um, I was about the age of, of 11, speaking of religion, uh, again, raised Catholic, and I remember attending Catholic school. And I remember being a young age still, uh, again, about the age of 11, and they taught us that it, if you miss church on Sunday and you uh, murder, those two are equivalent in terms of the offense level, 
and I thought, wow, I remember I was 11 years old, that stuck with mm-hmm. me for the longest wow. time. And, and mm-hmm. so those are examples of, of teachings where, you know, you really, you, 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 you sometimes you question things, but, but for the, for, to answer your question, yes, I am religious and, okay. uh, and spiritual. Understood. And you were raised in a, I guess you could say normal, typical Catholic household. Correct. Okay, okay. And does it bother you at all with all these new, well, they're not new, but these ongoing sexual allegations against the Vatican that we've been seeing more and more throughout the media in uh, this current age? But it's, it's very unusual since these sort of allegations came out very early on, yet they were pretty much ignored. And I even remember one prominent character by the name of Father Malachi Martin who once even said he witnessed these strange satanic rituals going on with some of the clergy there. Yeah, I think I think that you know all you know all of the the sex scandal with the church is is horrific Amazing. and um, yeah. you know appalling in my opinion. It really is. It's a it's a devastating blow uh, for for everyone out there. It's I'm sure it's very disappointing to uh, reflect upon that personally. It's it's an oh, awful situation. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's terrible. But of course, none of that should turn you away from God. I guess essentially. Well, and my feeling is is that there's um, I like I I like ritual, and I think I think there's a spectrum. Okay, so you have the sexual abuse, you know, and all that stuff, right. and then you have politics and in, in COVID. But then you have I know that there's good loving. Nurturing people in the clergy. No doubt. Who never would hurt a child. Yeah. Who would never hurt a a woman. Who really care for their, uh, for their people. And who really want to help mankind. But you don't hear a lot about that. You hear about all the other stuff. All the ugly stuff, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I do think, um, I was talking with some friends today. I, I, I think the Catholic Church just, I think it has to break down and start all over again. Mm. I think it's lost a lot of its purpose, its direction. Uh, maybe, maybe not just the Catholic Church, maybe all the religions maybe need a little, you know, tearing down and coming. I mean, they, they just seem to have lost the message of their prophets and Jesus. And it, it, it's all about the politics now or money or, or power and control. A lot of it is about power and control. And, and, uh, I think, but the rituals, the good people in the church, you just don't hear about them. And I think that's sad. I think that's very sad. Oh yeah. Definitely. Lots of good things do come from some of the individuals in all churches out there. Not, I'm not trying to paint the picture mm-hmm. that all of these people are, mm-hmm. are evil or yeah. any of that or any of that. No, no, no. But yeah, you know, I, I did think about that. In terms of denouncing the whole Vatican and and most of Catholicism, but then I thought that would actually just anger and offend people even further. Uh, even mentioning that probably angers a few yeah. people listening right now. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And, and again, mm-hmm. with, when it comes to sexual abuse or abuse, a lot of people still are in denial. They they cannot comprehend it. They don't want to comprehend it. Um, that's always a big part of when you're talking about abuse and stuff. The thing with sexual abuse is oh, it's always in the dark. It's always in rooms. There's no witness, witnesses. So 
there's always that doubt. There's always that, you know, they're lying, all that stuff. You have that. Then you have the denial. You have people who are just, you know, it's my church and everything, and don't say a word. I don't want to hear it. I got to say that the Pope, the Pope we have now, I really like him. I mean, I think he, I think he was really trying to make some changes, but I think over the time now, they have just kind of squished him. Um, but I think he, in the beginning, he was really going to try to be more of a, a game changer, but I think that kind of slowly dissipated over time. Yeah. I'm not quite sure. If, and they don't get mm-hmm. it. They don't, I'm sorry, they just don't get it. It's like okay. they say, well, just forgive, just forgive your, this is the counselor part of me. People who've been through that experience, you, you don't get to forgiveness until the very end. Before that, there's tears, there's pain, there's anger. Um, you have to, you have to go through the memories again. You have to reframe it. You have to, um, get support from people. You have to cry. You have, there's so much to the process of getting through trauma. You just don't forget and then forgive in 20. You you can't do, and the Catholic Church doesn't understand that. You know, they just don't. So if they learn better, if they knew, understand what what the people really went through, and know that it's process in itself, and they can be a healer, they can be more healers through that process instead of saying, "Well, just forget about it and forgive." It doesn't work that way. Right. And my my question is, do we forgive these people? That's that's the real essential question. Can we forgive them for their actions and their wrongdoing? And personally, personally, I, I kind of can't forgive them for that. That's just me speaking. I know that might offend some people out there, but when you are in that position of power and you are treating your own flock that way, and I'm not a religious, I'm not religious by any means. I'm being completely honest here. Um, yet again, an agnostic atheist. And have been since I, since I, since I was in about seventh grade. And that was a long, long, long time ago. <laughs> but I, I've always, I've always been that way and I, I do forgive people. I, I do have some of those elements in me, my own principles that I do follow. And most of them do have forgiveness in them. But again, it, it goes back to being in that position of power and manipulating those who you claim you love, mm-hmm. yet you do yeah. this to them. So, in my opinion, yeah. I, I can't forgive that. Uh, Jamie, how do you feel about that? Can you forgive them, Jamie? It, I, 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 I would say that you know I've I've never been a victim, so right. you know again back to my chocolate ice cream example. You know you you <laughs> you. you, you you, you, it's an experience that, that, uh, I wouldn't wish upon anyone. So, you know, for me, I, I think forgiveness is, a, is, you know, what I've learned through, again, all my research in the, in the spiritual, the, 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 the spirituality that, that I've come to appreciate is, you know, once you transcend ego, then, uh, and, and the more you're able to do that, then you can let anything go. Um, I don't know if I'm quite there yet. Uh, I, I'm that's, not a, yeah. a Zen master or a, uh, that's a tough you one. know, that's a or tough enlight- one. enlightened being. But you know, I think someone like like the Buddha, or 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 you know, or even Jesus, these enlightened beings that have come along the come along our history, um, probably could say yes. Uh, but I don't know many, if there's many out there that could. 
Yeah, that's a tough one. Go yeah, ahead, Valerie. I, I, yeah. Well, no, I mean, um, I, I have had my own personal experience with it, not through the clergy, but through something else. And, you know, it's a process. And um, the person I could I could forgive, because not because I'm just like Buddha or anything, but because I had an understanding of, you know, the theoretical plus the experience. And, and But the thing is, what we tell people is the forgiveness is not for them. The forgiveness is really for you because if you don't, if you can't forgive, or you and you can't find a way to deal with that, um, you you just full of anger. People who don't forgive or who don't go through the process are just so angry, and they're and 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 everything in their life gets tarnished by the experience in one way or the other. So if you go through the process of healing and you get to the level of forgiveness, it's really about I'm letting go a lot of this now. It's my past. It's not going to interfere with my future anymore, my present or my future. I can let it go. It, 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 it was a chapter of my life, but I can close that chapter and I can move on. So that's where I think the forgiveness comes in. Not everyone gets there, but if you can get there, it does give you a sense of peace um, for yourself, if you can do it. Some people are so sadistic in what they do and so horrific I don't know if I could, I could, I could forgive. I mean, I think, I think some people, some people have gotten, they get so bad that they've lost their soul. That's true. And they just, yeah. You, you mentioned, you mentioned the keyword there. They've lost their soul. You, yeah, yeah. Val, I, I agree. You mentioned the keyword there when you said anger, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. definitely see lots of anger with individuals out there. Many, many individuals very angry with, with the world and how it's treated them. And it's, it's really, really amazing. And I, I believe we are joined by another soul here. Um, uh, random caller, are you alive? <laughs> I can't hear the other yes. guy. Oh, there you are. You yeah. You're on a delay. I'm on a delay. Sorry. It's okay. Did you have a question or anything here? Well, now. Oh, oh. Did you forget your question? No, not at all. Well, shoot. We're waiting on you. I know. All right. There we go. This couple you have is actually the best thing ever. Well, they're not a couple. They're mutual friends who just met not long ago. Really? Yeah, you know, that's one thing I I forgot to mention to both you, uh, Valerie, and Jamie. When I have people on, automatically people assume they're they're couples. Oh, yeah, well, that's... It's it's okay. Yeah, it's cool. I'm just saying it's just something people <laughs> automatically assume for whatever reason. Yeah, uh, yeah we've we, 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 we only known each other, what, I, I'm not worried about that. two or three months now? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Literally, okay. I think it was December that he emailed to me. We haven't known each other very long. And he's happily married with a little baby, so. <laughs> Amazing. Caller, what were you saying? All right. Now, how people are to the, to like, to each other? Right. I'm amazed. Yes, it's a very interesting time to be alive and seeing how people react to others' ideologies and their own freedoms of thought and expression and so forth and so forth. But yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And also the, the, the theory is that all of the people that are trying to like promote something, that's okay. 
What's okay? We have to let that. Well, we have to let that go. Let what go? Uh, just let them do what they're doing, because we have no control over all of the stuff we're seeing. Well, of course not. That's that's the um that's the biggest conspiracy of it all that we have no control. Essentially, we're just here for the ride. <laughs> yeah, good to go. Anyway, bud. Yeah. Well, I, I do. Well, I like your show. I, I thank you I so much. I do not care about the online on that. Right. Have a good time. All right, my friend. Thank you for calling. And all these people. Uh huh. Best thing. Yeah. Don't worry about them. Eh? People will do what they want. It's okay. I know. Yeah. All right, buddy. Thanks for calling. Travel into the desert. Yep. Take good. care. Yep. And there he goes, the random caller. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite sure where the caller was calling from, uh, but he liked the show, so that's the good thing, and he put you guys over, so that's important. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he, he enjoys both of you, which is good. So, yes, he, he mentioned quite a few different things there that definitely do interest me in terms, the, uh, in terms of the... Uh, psychological aspect of uh, society in terms of what people choose to be angry at and what they choose to let them uh, become, I guess you could say, have um, this really big emotional breakdown over things they uh, are told in conversations or what they see on television, uh, even to a point where even something, I guess, a movie or, I guess, going back to TV, something they see there, they try to politicize right away. And it causes uh, yeah. lots of anger, especially with this last election. Uh, lots of friends were lost. Lots of relationships were slightly tarnished. Uh, and it's, it's actually very true and very fascinating yeah. stuff to sit back and watch it all. Yeah. Sorry for that rant um, there. I, well, yeah, I mean, uh, with, with, with uh, my friends, we don't always agree, but... We respect each other and we say, okay, we're, we, we, you're not going to change my mind. I'm not going to change your mind. So we're going to agree to disagree and just Word. move on. Yeah. Um, and I, my, this is my own personal thing, my own personal, I, uh, um, uh, belief. But I think people in general have gotten too thin skin. <laughs> um, way too thin skin. I think yeah. it's, I think it's gone so way to the other, um, the other side of the pendulum. That I think we need to get a little bit more to the center. I mean, there's, people need to be more, I think people need to be careful how they speak. I think they have to take other people's considerate feelings and, and beliefs into consideration. But I don't know. I just see some people just flying off the handle or getting offended over the littlest things now. And it's just, I don't know. It's to insane. Me, yeah. The, the it, littlest well, things people are that's just. That's what insane. But yeah. Yeah, people are just, just too thin skin. Yeah. Very thin skinned in and, my opinion. Oh, I'm with you. And it's just it, it's like people are looking for whatever to be offended by. Yeah. Um that's my belief. I don't think everyone has that, but hey. I'm from a different generation too, probably. I think it's the age thing too, maybe. I'm not sure. Um Well, I'm younger than you and I feel but, the exact same way. And Jamie, how do you feel about that? I know that? Jamie Jamie's quite over there. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think the world is super polarized right now. It's kind of a interesting time and, and, um, you know, sometimes on, on my commute to my, that, that normal job I talked about, you know, you're riding on the highway and you see somebody cut across 
two lanes, uh, three lanes, you know, and cut two people off. And I'll look, and one person might just shrug it off, and the other person might freak out completely. And you, mm-hmm. and you go, well, the, the same event just happened to two people. They both got cut off by this vehicle, yet yeah. one just shrugs it off and one freaks out. So what, what's the difference there? You know, and it's back to, yeah. again, back to uh, what I mentioned earlier, that the, the, the rabbit hole I went down after after the, the research in the last 10 years, the spirituality component and transcending the ego and realizing, you know, back to what Shakespeare once said, things are neither good nor bad. It is our thoughts that make them so. Mm, and our identification yeah. with thought. Yeah. You know, and, and something yeah. you talked to me 11 years ago, I would have been like, what are you talking about? I might have been one of those guys in the in the highway freaking out when I got cut off. But now I, I, I just realized, you know, maybe for half a second my my blood will start to elevate, and then I realize, Jamie, you're identifying with ego, you're identifying with thoughts, uh, you know, and, and the impermanence of the world, the impermanence of life, and well, the time on this planet, I should say, in, in this in this body suit that we that we have, you know, mm. once you realize that, then the life becomes this kind of fun enjoyable playground and experience you know and back to what valerie said earlier you know there's fear and love and i think so many people get attached to fear and that's where the polarization comes from and if we could learn to transcend that fear realize that where do our fears come from a lot of it's our programming um you know that the way we're raised and you know once you realize that you break free those chains you know it's amazing one of of my Mm -hmm. favorite i'm a big bob dylan fan but one of my favorite song quotes is, is by the eagles um, it's the song Already Gone where they say, so often happens, oh. we live our lives in chains and we never even know mm-hmm. we have the key. And, you know, that's, yeah. that's the ultimate truth. And, and so we're, you know, we're, we're in charge of our own attitudes or in charge of our own, our own, you know, our own, uh, the way we behave. And, and it's realizing how we identify with our thoughts and, and our, 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 again, our programming. You know, speaking of programming, I heard this amazing study the other day. I don't know if you heard about this from Michael, but, they they took they took they took rats and and they they exposed them to wintergreen and when they exposed the rats to wintergreen smell they would electric, they would give electric shock and uh, what the, the, the experiments they did mm. was they, they they shocked these rats the wintergreen smell and then shock wintergreen smell smell and then shock and then it took seven gener so the next generation of rats that were born they just exposed them to wintergreen they didn't shock them but the the rats would would run in fear of the wintergreen smell and it took seven generations. Wow. Seven generations mm. before, before the, the 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 rats could smell wintergreen without without having a reaction to this study, and, and, yeah. I, and I forget the, the, where the study was done. But my point is, you know, we all have programming, and the programming causes fear. And once we realize that, you know, it's it's that programming and and, and these and the and the identification with with these certain concepts that causes us to have fear. Until until we realize that we, we live in this state of of constant uh, reaction and polarization and. And freaking out about stuff that sometimes when we just sit back and look at the big picture, you realize, oh, maybe that's not such a big deal. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. A lot of these issues that we claim to be Mm -hmm. so um, passionate about, really, but at the end of the day, it's it's there's really nothing to be concerned about. All the answers come from within, and we all go to Mm -hmm. the same place once it's over, and there are no absolutes. (laughs) And there That's is, right. yeah, and there is not just one answer to the sum of your questions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah, it's very, yeah. very strange the way, uh, once you sit back and you watch the human behavior in America, so fascinating, so very fascinating. I, I, yeah, it, I'm blown it, away it, by it. it, it. 
Yeah, you, you can laugh and cry at it, and you, you know when you stand back and you like you said you don't you're not having the ego thing, you just say what is going on here, you know, and you, or you laugh, you cry, you say you know you get angry, but it's it's just like, but like what he was saying, you know, if I'm having a good day and I'm feeling no, not yeah, I'm I'm you know I'm not stressed out or I'm doing my spiritual stuff, I'm meditation here, and I drive the road. I won't swear underneath my breath or give someone the finger. <laughs> Maybe you should, though. But if I'm not having a good day, I don't usually give people the finger. Well, but there's nothing I wrong. swear. I swear a lot. Well, there's, I swear a lot. There, there's nothing wrong <laughs> with crazy ex- out there. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with expressing yourself. Sometimes, sometimes some people need to hear those harsh words. Well, I don't actually do it to them. I just do it underneath my breath. Ah, okay. But, well. you know, it doesn't really help me. Yeah, it doesn't really help me a whole lot. So I think Jamie has a right. It's like I, when I don't feed into that. Well, I mean, th- it's that's better for me. That's the conundrum, though, because sometimes it just feels good to be mean. Sometimes. Oh yeah. <laughs> you don't agree? I mean, you have to agree with that. Sometimes you kind of just, you kind of want to troll some people. You want to be mean every now mm-hmm. and then. It, it feels good and it feels right sometimes. <laughs> well, I think I think that when you get on this journey, you want to do that less and less, less and less. less. Of course, of course. Yeah, because you don't you don't <laughs> right. want people to do it with us or me. Uh, so I I don't want to do that now. I don't need I to do you. that. Yes. Or at least I don't try to do it. Or I mean, I might have my moments. I'm not perfect. I'm not Buddha yet. <laughs> I always thought I was the second coming, but now that didn't turn out. <laughs> but um, amazing. <laughs> but. Yeah, so I, I think it's a journey, and I think as you go on, all that other stuff just slips away, like J- Jamie said. Yeah, it doesn't he, become important yeah, anymore. Jamie's right, and life is just mm-hmm. so strange, though. We we kind of have gone away from things that really do matter uh, by being mm-hmm. alive, being conscious, being self-aware. We completely have neglected what's actually important in everyday life. We really have mm-hmm. just gone so far away from... What's really important, it's, again, it's very fascinating and amazing to see what life has become. Especially if you, if we had, for an example, if we had like a time machine and we brought back someone who was just from a completely, totally different era and we brought, brought them to 2019, they would just be freaking out over how we choose to live our lives and just our everyday existence. It'd just be completely uh, foreign to them. They'd be alienated by it all. And I think that's what, because I read Jamie's book, and I, I correct me if I'm wrong, Jamie, but I think that's one of the, the themes or, or ideas in your book is that all this, a lot of the stuff, if we had that higher knowledge or, or, or whatever you want to call it, would go away and we would live our lives in a, a very different way and we'd be less stressed. I don't know, Jamie, if you would agree with yeah. that. But. Yeah, yes, certainly. I think the, the, the premise of the book, it's a science fiction book with a spirituality component, we'll call it. And, and really the premise of the book, I think it begs the reader to really look, look within. I think so often we always look externally for purpose and meaning and, you know, and I, I think the, the book is really, or the message that comes through the book is really to look within and ask yourself, you know, what's important to me? Um, what is life all about to me? And, and what's the big picture at the end of the day? You know, we're here for maybe, at the most, you know, 90, 100 years at the most. And so in that time, what, what's, you know, what do we want to accomplish? And what do we think happens after 
you know, those 90 to 100 years, what do we think happened? And then I think that's one of the most important questions people could ask, and right. very few seldom stop to do that. Yeah, and the importance of people in our lives and, and appreciating them um, while we have them and treating them better with respect and love. Um, I, we really, we sorely need to do that more. We need to do less arguing and and yelling and screaming and calling name bashing. Um, it's it, it just it's just getting out of hand. It really it is. Creates too much, it, it creates too much anger and stress, and and it, it's affecting the children and teenagers and it's it, it's just too much. It's and what's, just too what's, much. What's, what's you know what's fascinating? I was going to say is you know this this happens often with near death experiencers. Uh, as well as contactees. In fact, um, you know, one of the things they say is that they most often a lot of folks come out of these experiences um, having this profound sense of 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 connectingness, connectedness with the universe of peace, um, mm-hmm. and really realizing, you know, who they really are, what their essence really is, what their being is, what their, you know, what what where, what they really are, and, and in doing so, you know, they they come to this realization that wow, there's there's you know, there, there's so much meaningless stuff here that we work, that we deal with on the planet, and so when they have those experiences, there's such profound peace and um, you know, and joy that that sticks with them for for most of their lives, and it's that to me mm-hmm. that's one of the fascinating aspects of, yeah. of of these topics. And of course, people can find that book at Amazon.com, if I remember correctly. I think I saw it there. That that's correct. Yeah, yeah my, my, my book is on yep. Amazon, and yep, yep, absolutely. Amazing. And, of course, in terms of the afterlife, this is uh, another line of questioning that I don't like to do because I don't really <laughs> like to talk about the paranormal that often. It, it sort of freaks me out. That's kind of why I don't really cover it <laughs> as much as I used to. <laughs> oh, yes. But in terms of an afterlife, Valerie, I'll ask you first, do you mm-hmm. believe in an afterlife? And, Jamie, you can answer when she's done. Well, I believe our soul releases from our body. What happens to that soul and that part of us that, uh, leaves the body and goes somewhere? I don't, I don't know what happens after that. I can't say. Um, I do believe that in some, some people you say, yeah, they have to be reincarnated. They just have to have been. They have too much knowledge or too many skills. They have to have. But all I can say is, you know, all I know is the soul leaves the body and it goes back home. Now, what happens after that? I have no idea, but that's what I believe. And, and similarly, I believe, yes, I believe that our, our soul, our energy, our, our essence, uh, whatever name you want to put to it, Michael, I, I believe that it does carry on. I, I have no, I, I don't have a uh, notion of what that afterlife might look like, but I, I do believe that we have our, our, our being, our essence, our, our, our consciousness, if you will, that, that does carry on in some form. Uh, beyond this, beyond this life. Understood. My question usually after asking that is, what do we actually do on the other side if, if there in fact is an afterlife <laughs> and there I, is I no reincarnation? The... I, I, eat pizza or drink beer. <laughs> because you know, <laughs> uh, that, well, I would love I that. Have... But eternity is so long. That's a very long time. That's why I'm thinking, <laughs> uh, wouldn't we probably be potentially bored by then? I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, maybe we just go back as energy and we, we get re- recharged and 
they say, you know, you read a lot and they, well, no, you're, you're, you, you decide what you, your next life is going to be. I, I'm not sure if I believe that or not, but a lot, there's a part, some people believe that you go back and that you decide yourself what lessons you want to learn. And then you just enter, I guess, a baby's body. I don't know how it, I don't yeah. know how it starts I, either. I've heard, you know, how does that, I mean, true. how does that start? Yeah, I've, I've heard this in the past, and I'm always just curious how that's even possible. Exactly. And yeah, it's a very weird thing to even try to take any kind of grasp in. And I'm sure you agree too, Jamie. It's just uh, eternity, again, is just such a long, long time. Yeah, we start thinking about the, the vastness of the universe and the, uh, you know, eternity in, in time. Is it really linear? And, you know, I'm not so sure it's linear to begin with, but... Um, mm. You, you, you really, you know, the, the human mind, as it's built, as we are built today, it's something that few can, if any, can really grasp or, or comprehend. So, you know, I, I don't know what we do on the other side, but I, I, I don't think it's anything like this, we'll call it dense world that we live in. Um, I, I think it's a different, uh, it's a different type of existence. I agree with you on that one. That's why I always hear when people say, uh, a spirit came and helped me out with this or that. I'm thinking, but why would a spirit want to help you out, though? Don't, wouldn't they have something more important to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I think, I think for me that comes into like, uh, the universe has this like eons plan and that everyone plays a, a part in it and uh, that mm-hmm. special events have to happen for the next thing to happen. But then I also believe in the chaos theory too, that there has to be chaos too. Not right. everything can be planned. Yeah. So I don't know. That's, so I kind of get divided on food that. Food for thought. But I me think too. there are special beings, huh? Oh, I was just saying food for thought. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I just, I just think there's special beings sometimes. I, again, it, or maybe it's just for them. Maybe the universe just provides it for that certain person for whatever reason we don't know. Then you get into dimensions and, and frequencies and, you know, the, we know there are multiple dimensions. There, there are 11 or 13 physicists have theorized now. And so, you know, scientists are trying to figure out how do we access these dimensions and if there are other dimensions that we, that we don't, you know, what's in them and how do they interact with this world, if at all? And, you know, and you get into those kinds of topics, which, which I also find fascinating and you get into quantum physics and, you know, the nature of reality and, 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 you know, what we call matter is, you know, basically when you get down to its atoms, no, it's quarks, no, it's these tiny strings vibrating with a certain frequency that makes up everything. And so if that's, that's true, which we know it to be, then, then what are we? What are our bodies? And, you know, we're just matter and, and that's, it's, it's not what we perceive. It's, it's a percep, everything's a perception. Right. And going back to, uh, when you said you were getting these downloads, these messages, that's one thing that I always um, wonder about myself in terms of those who claim to be channeling. I'm curious at times to wonder if whatever they're channeling is actually the source of, of, um, I'm curious about the source of who exactly they're channeling and if they're channeling the entity or whatever they thought or perceived to be th- that entity. Uh, that sounds confusing. But it's just, you know, you hear so much of certain individuals who channel and you have to ask how valid are their claims mm-hmm. in terms of who they are, I guess, getting downloads from. Sure. Because some people believe they're getting messages from 
for instance, like an ET, and then some individuals will say that's not exactly an ET, that's the fallen one, that's like a demon or something along that nature. I'm sure you've heard plenty of that before, Jamie. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in the I wouldn't call myself a channeler, uh, but right. Yeah, you know, I mentioned the the events when I was young. Um, that that occurred to me, and and somehow I was receiving, uh, we'll call them messages that became a premonition to a nine, to the nine eleven event, quite which is my belief. Um, and and you know, um. And then also, I think the 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 experience of the Ouija board I mentioned and the RDL entity, um, you you know whatever you want to call it, entity being, uh, and the reason why I don't really seek out paranormal stuff is because I, you don't really know what you what what you're dealing with. What you're tapping point, into, yeah, yeah, and what you're tapping into. And I I, I asked this question at a conference one time about to, to a panel, and they said, yeah, you know, they kind of gave me that advice, and I think they're spot on. But then the book, I think. You know, the idea of this book that came to me was a form of whatever you want to call it, download, and uh, it wasn't a dream. It was, it was, it was implanted, and I ignored it for months until one day something happened. So, I, you know, those are those are three times in my life where something came to me, um, and we call things negative and positive. I would probably say when I was young, those were positive beings, messages. And when I was the book, I say was positive, and then the you know this RDL entity. Probably mostly negative, but again, it's 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 hard hard it's, to, to it label. Is. It is hard to decipher, and uh, some religious folks, if you told them that, they would say your thoughts are not your own, and these are just uh, demons or spirits talking to you, filling your head. Sure. Well. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, before. I'm sure you heard that too. Yeah, and before the poltergeist event happened that I, I mentioned, I the the last. After months of of these experiences and what was happening to me and me becoming more psychic, uh, you know, one of the things I'll give an example of how I became psychic. I, I was I was young. I was a teenager, and I worked at this concession stand um, and selling various things, ice cream and soda and popcorn and all balloons and different things in in, in, a, in a local park. And I I started to know what people would order before they come. So as they're walking up, I would I would have their order ready. And my, the owner of this concession stand, he ran multiple businesses. He had heard about me from the other workers and they were freaked out by it. Um, and this is an example of, of just one I'll share. And, and he came by one day and he was old gentleman. He was about 50 and he said, Hey, I, I heard, uh, I heard you can, you know, you know things about people before they, they say anything. And I said, sure. And he saw a family walking up, maybe about family of about five or I think it was about four or five. And he said, what are these people going to order? And I spotted off exactly what they were going to order. Again, I would just know, uh, cotton candy, popcorn, two Cokes, a Sprite, Diet Coke, and an ice cream sandwich. And they were exactly what I, what I said. And this, my wow. boss at 50 years old looked at me and looked at them and he said, is this kind of, some kind of joke? Do you guys, do you guys know Jamie here? And they said, what are you talking about? We're visiting from New York. We're just passing through. I don't know who this guy is. And I'll never forget the look he gave me and his face turned <laughs> white and he walked away and I don't think he would talk to me again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so that, that that was one of the one you know one of the um, one of the things that, that that one thing I'll share. So those are the things that kind of were happening to me. Uh, but but leading up to the paranormal, the poltergeist event, I went to the church and I spoke to my local priest and I told him what was going on. Um, and his response was, uh, all the things I have described are events that lead up to when the church performs an exorcism, basically saying that there's possession of the the, the dwelling. 
um, and then the next step it could be possession of the, of the body. Um, and he said I was in grave danger, so forth and so on. Um, but then that night I told this entity that I had never seen you, and I want to see you. And that's when I experienced the poltergeist event uh, that night. Amazing. You know, and I, yeah, it was amazing. And, and I, in, wow. In the, yes. Hold that thought really quickly. There's another gentleman who is on the line. I, I think he might have a question for either you or me. Um, I believe this is Drew. Are you there, Drew? Michael, I have no questions for you. You answer all my questions every time I ask them. Amazing. <laughs> okay, Jamie, got a question for you? Sure. Actually, I got two questions. First, I'm at your webpage. I'm sorry, I'm at Amazon looking at your book. First question, the dog, the lab, is he or she still around? No. No, he's Golden Retriever, I'm sorry. Was, yeah, it's a Golden Retriever, and his name was Bailey, uh, and he has since passed. He was a great dog. Oh, I'm sorry. Secondly, and you may have already answered this because I was away from the computer, but in the bio you talk about how you have faced and escaped death on several occasions, and those experiences, they've uh, provided you uh, information for the book. Um, could you elaborate on those, if you don't mind? Yeah, sure. I mean, those those are much more world, worldly uh, events, I'll call them. Uh, I, I've never had a near-death experience, but... Um, I've been held at gunpoint twice in my life, uh, right, you know, gun right, right in my face. Uh, and I think those experiences kind of jolt you, uh, and really help, help you wake up sometimes. Again, much more worldly type uh, experience, but those, those are the two events that happened to me that, uh, where, I, uh, fortunately I, I, I was unharmed. Yeah, it's never fun having a gun pointed to you, I know from experience. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty scary. <laughs> Anything else? Go ahead. No, that, that's it, Michael. Thank you. As always, a wonderful show. And I'm going to say hello to Gunner just because he may be annoying some people this evening. He's very angry, but that's, you know, that's who he is in life. A very angry individual. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank Take you for care. the questions. Thank you. And there he goes. That was Drew. Give him a round of applause for the call thank there. You, Drew. That was a great call. And uh, yeah, we were back in our conversation there before he called in. And I cut you off. I apologize. Oh no, no, no worries. Um, no worries. Uh, was talking about the the um, the church and how they said I was in grave danger, and I saw right. the poltergeist event. Uh, and and I was about to say, it's so funny that Drew called that question. I was about to say, one of the most amazing things about you know that, and other people have said this is during that poltergeist event, I could sense the presence of the being in the room and. Uh, I've never experienced fear like that prior or since in my life. Um, and it was a, prefer- a fear that was, that was just not the fact that there was a entity in the room, but it was deep rooted and it was more fear than, uh, I had been held at gunpoint twice in my life. And the fear that I experienced at that moment was, was, was more heavy than, than those other two, what we'll call worldly events. Yeah, it's, um, definitely puts things into proper perspective <laughs> after something like that. <laughs> Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Amazing stuff, really. And Val. Yeah. I was curious uh, more about th- this event coming up in Rhode Island. When exactly is this event going down for, for those out there who okay. are in the area? Go ahead. Okay, yeah. It's going to be the last weekend in April. So it's going to be Friday, April 26th. Saturday, April 27th, and Sunday, April 28th. Uh, it's going to be at the Crown Plaza, Marriott, 
in Warwick, Rhode Island, which is only three miles from the TF Green Airport. Um, so it's very close to the airport, and it's near Providence, Rhode Island. So uh, it's like two minutes, ten minutes away from Providence. Um, so it's very easy to get to. Uh, it's for those three days. We have a packed program from morning to night. Uh, and uh, we have so many different speakers on different topics. It's, it's, everyone's going to come out there learning something new and uh, having um, – they're going to have speakers that they're going to love. There's not going to be anyone who's going to be disappointed if they stay the weekend. Uh, because of the quality and the experience of our speakers, uh, they're going to enjoy themselves. They're, they're very good speakers. They're very entertaining, and they're very thorough, and they're very ethical, and so on and so forth. Yeah, there's a few names on there that I do recognize. Some of them I don't, but for the most part, there yeah. are names that I do recognize indeed. And some very good uh, lecturers there showing up. Absolutely. Yeah, we have, yeah. Um, yeah. Tim Weisberg is going to be an MC, and he does the uh, he has his own show, Spooky South Coast, I believe it's called. Uh, and he's going to be our MC. And we have Paul Eno, and he's going to be on Saturday, and he has his own show, Beyond the Paranormal. That's been he's been around in the field for like 30 years, uh, right. so he's very well known. We have Joshua Cutchin and uh, Tim Renier. Renier. Um, they have both written books. Uh, both of them are interested in Dick's book, Bigfoot. They're actually going to be doing a book together, but they also have different interests also. We have Colin Schneider, who's called the Crypto Kid. Uh, he got into cryptozoology as a very young child. He knew what he wanted to do, and he's, he's the youngest researcher um, that the field has known and writer, and he has his own blog. Uh, we have so many wonderful guests. I mean, I could go on and on. Nice. It's, just, it's on the website. We have, uh, it's on the website. We have the, we're, we're finalizing the program, the times and dates. Uh, it needs a little bit more tweaking, but I think by the end of, if not this week, by the end of next week, we're going to have the final program with the times and the dates, and that'll be up on the, on the website also. Very nice. And, uh, Jamie, we'll, we'll take it to you in a moment here. Uh, someone by the name of Gang of Four in the chat room wants to know if any bands are playing or if there will be any eats there. Eats? Yeah, I think he wants to eat food there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, um, the, we were, we were going to have a dance, but we're not. We are, we have a special event that's going to be going on. I can't talk about it right now. No dance. But we're going to have a special but we're going to have a special um, event that's going to, so we're going to cancel the dance. How today. dare but you? I think the special, I know. But I think the special you? event, when they hear about it, gonna, it's going to make up for it. Ah, okay. <laughs> Big time. And we do, we, we do have dinner. We have uh, dinner on Saturday evening. It's a, it's a separate ticket. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the menu is on the website uh, under the program events page. So we do have a, a, a full dinner um, on Saturday evening. Um, that you know, and We expect most of the speakers will be there as well. Um, and, uh, you know, we do have breaks for, for lunch. Uh, we won't be serving lunch, but there are so many great restaurants too within the area, uh, as well. So Rhode Island's an awesome place to visit. And, you know, I'm, I'm super excited about this conference being, you know, researching topics for 10 years. As Val mentioned, there, there, you know, the breadth, um, of, of the speakers and the quality, you know, uh, Val mentioned to some, we all, some of the speakers. We also have Tom Reed, 
which is fantastic. We, we're going to be showing the Bridgewater Triangle film uh, with with Aaron Cashew there. He's the award award winning filmmaker for that documentary. So so many phenomenal speakers across all the topics. Very cool. And Jamie, going back to some of your research throughout the years, what exactly would you say is the most strangest? And of all the things you've researched, um, oof, that's a tricky question. I would say, you know, some things I've I've steered away from. I, you know, and I guess strange is kind of relative. It's uh, <laughs> yes. in the eye, eye of the beholder. Yeah, uh, very, it's very subjective. Uh, See, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think the I think the, the near death experience stuff is pretty wild. But I, I'd also say probably the ufology. The ufology is probably. Oh, what interests me the most, and, and you know the experience I had at Mount Mount Mount, uh, Mount Adams in Washington State. Mm. Um, you know, and being a skeptic, another story there is I'll share with you is I was there for a full weekend, and uh, the first night uh, I, I saw craft. I remember I started counting, and after a few, I, I stepped away and kind of sat down and had to do a. You know, this is after five years of, of doing research. When I really saw some craft, it really shook me, uh, and really you know changed your paradigm. Of, of hey wow this is this is this is real you know it becomes from a textbook exercise researching and to actually physically experiencing it and then that whole weekend that was a Thursday evening you know I saw craft you know throughout the the week weekend there Thursday Friday Saturday but even after seeing and I counted over a hundred that I saw around my items wow. uh, over those four days the the last day was and there was no alcohol involved I did not drink a you know any <laughs> alcohol during this time I, I drank only water. Um, and the last day I was, I was still skeptic and I thought, could be this some kind of light show, some kind of trick. And the, the gentleman who runs the, 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 has a property there at the base of Mount Adams, uh, James Gillen, I remember it was about 10, 10 p.m. on Sunday evening, the last day I was there and he said, I'm, I'm going to bed, I'm cashing it in. And there were people in the field, uh, maybe about 50 to 75 and slowly they started ticking off. And I said, I'm going to be the last person out here tonight because, you know, whatever this experience is, I want to make sure no one's playing games. You know, st- still kind of the engineering mindset. And I remember it was about 3 a.m. on Sunday, uh, or Monday morning now, I should say. And there, I walked this field, and I made sure there was one person left who had fallen asleep. And I almost stumbled into her. She woke up, and she kind of walked off. And I was I was the only one in the field, and it was about 3 a.m. And I looked up, and I was, you know, consciously having thoughts, saying, whatever this these, these craft is, are, I was saying thank you. And at that point, the, the craft, a craft, probably one of the lowest ones I'd seen all weekend, flew above me and lit up above me. And the, at that moment, there was a, that, that's when I tasted the chocolate ice cream. That's when I had a, I wasn't abducted by any means, uh, but I, I felt this profound peace and harmony, uh, in the, in the beings, whatever, when this craft was telepathic message, just kind of, it wasn't uh, any words, it was just, you know, peace. And it just took off and, I just remember leaving the field at 3 a.m. and got on a plane the next day, and from that point on, it you know that's when I went from from uh, from from researching to I would say being an experiencer. Pretty wild stuff. Yeah, it definitely will change your perspective on things. I recall seeing a couple lights out here, and I live not too far from a naval facility, so yep. I kind of ruled it out. Perhaps that's some sort of a uh, plane that I don't, well, the general public has no knowledge of. Uh, I sort of thought of it that way. But then there was another experience that I wasn't around for, and that that was with both my parents who saw the strange 
I guess they describe my dad described it as like this transparent uh, squid in the sky, and I thought, mm. I thought, Dad, are you on something? But, <laughs> but my dad, he's straight and narrow, hasn't consumed any alcohol or done any drugs, <laughs> nothing of that nature. So it, it really freaked out my mom actually. Um, after sure. the, uh, yeah, after that, it brought her back around to being sort of religious for a, a good while there. Yeah. Mm. It was fascinating about the, 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 the craft that I saw at, at Ramal Adams. And this, again, if you were to, uh, Google ESETI and look at some of the, the YouTube videos or the, the footage that they have on their website, you'll, you'll see some of the stuff that I'm talking about. But basically the craft interact with, with the people on the ground. What I mean, they, they, what they call them power-ups, but essentially not, not all, not all the craft that I observed, but several of them will, will basically fly over and just light up the sky to become this big glowing bright, you know, it's not a star, it's not a satellite, it's not a plane. Uh, and again, if you, if you, if you, if you were to Google these, you'd see what I'm talking about. And, and the interaction is, 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 uh, is fascinating. It really is fascinating. And oddly enough, uh, for a while, UFOs there weren't exactly the most happening subject. It, it really <laughs> kind of turned around once, uh, the show Ancient Aliens came into fold back in 2010, yep. I, I believe it yep. was. That was yep. like the proverbial shot in the arm. Uh, for the yeah. subject, would you agree, um, Val? There, I think you do. Oh yeah, oh yes, and then X Files too. That I think that popularizes a lot. Sure. Uh, for me, I've, again, I've never seen one. I've never been, but I have. I believe in them because this Earth is much older than what people, the textbooks or whatever. It's much, much older, and I think that we have a much uh, older history. And I think that other beings had a part in that. I don't know how much or in what way, but that's my belief. And I think that, um, you know, they probably do come and check up on us or that we're still involved with them in some way. We just don't know. I think there's some kind of amnesia going on or they have, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. I just think that something happened and that they were part of it. And for whatever reason, we just don't know the whole story yet. And how do you feel about that, Jamie? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with... Um, a, 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 oh, I hear some music. Oh, can you hear me, Michael? Yeah, I was just playing the Xbox. Oh, <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, I, I agree with a lot, uh, you know, a lot of what Val just said there, and, uh, you know, uh, fully agree with what she said. Yeah, it's it's very true, though. The the whole TV show and other shows like it for other subjects, it really has helped the popularity for certain things really get going. And, of course, the X-Files, that really did help lots of indi- individuals back um, back in the early 90s. Yeah, yeah certainly. The other thing, too, that's come about recently, too, you know, it's not really a TV show, and I agree with Ancient Aliens, but, um, you know, in December of 2017, I'm sure you're aware the the, the New York Times front, front page article was the – was a story about the the incident uh, off the coast of San Diego, right? Where U U.S. Navy pilot, you know, chased a they called it a tic tac tic tac object. They they had been following it mm-hmm. for a few days uh, on a U.S. Mm-hmm. aircraft carrier, and then they they, have, they released the footage of it, um, and it was in the New York Times front page. And you know, everyone thought, wow, this is disclosure, this is it. And and mm-hmm. I think the the world caught up in their daily stuff. Just said, okay, whatever the you know U.S. Navy pilot who's been on CNN, who's been on major media outlets now since then uh and telling a story and, and i think the world is just so caught up in their daily routine that you know i i i, I but i but i do think that those kinds of 
um, stories and disclosure by mainstream media is certainly popularizing uh, the subject as well. Right. And, of course, you are referring back to the uh, media uh, frenzy, rather, that went on from, I, I think the footage came from the, to the Stars Academy with, with Tom DeLong, of all people. That's correct. Yeah, yep. He, he, I think, got the, the my understanding is he got the footage, but in the New York Times, uh, published it, uh, right. in December of 2017. Correct. Yeah, that's, um, pretty wild that that story even made any kind of headlines, let alone, uh, national headlines. And it was talked about all over, all over media media platforms, a lot of the mainstream platforms, which completely t- took me back. I was surprised to see any of that. Yeah, it's fascinating. I heard someone say, I read an article that said, you know, if, if that object had a Chinese or a Russian flag on the tail, it would certainly be a lot more people's attention. But because it didn't, <laughs> everyone just goes about their business. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. It, it was interesting, though. We've never seen anything like that happen. In terms of, in terms of, um, the whole mass media frenzy there. Yeah, you know, and to me, whether you believe in the, the topic or not, UFOs, you know, there's other, uh, you know, uh, nuclear launch facility base commanders who have come forward, um, you know, talked about craft flying over the, the facilities and rendering the, the nuclear missiles uh, useless. Um, but, but the, the, even the, 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 the story off of December 2017, whether you believe in the topic or not, you know, you, you got to wonder. It's a, it's a matter of national security. If there are these objects that are flying at speeds that we suppose they have no technology to do, you know, why wouldn't people, you know, taxpayers be concerned about, hey, what what's going on over our our airspace? Mm. Right. Yeah. Our government spent a big, big. Um, uh, they they paid some big money there. That was a big paycheck they cut there mm. to get these studies going. Absolutely. They mm. tip. Yeah. The the sad part though is that the general public will never be privy to any of this information though. Well, um, I think uh, when I went to AlienCon uh, in September, um, some of the speakers who are much more in the much more well known in the field and have a lot more knowledge um, than I do, of course, they were saying that they felt that it was coming. They felt that um, it was going to happen relatively soon because more and more people were talking about it more people were demanding it um so um again i don't know how much of that is you know what they want to believe and how much it would be true or whatever but they're talking about it more and they're asking for more information and they want more information and they want the government to be more open about it and the government slowly over time from what i can see has slowly released more and more um, experiences of pilots and other, um, uh, especially pilots, um, or maybe sh- people on ships and stuff who have seen these and have made reports. Uh, so I, I think if it's going to be a, if it, we very well could have one, then it's yeah. all going to come out and we're going to have, like Jamie said a while back, is that our whole way of life is going to be shook up and because of this whole new knowledge I, and, and all these beings, we're actually going to see these beings. I think it's a slow progression too. You know, I, I got into a little bit of debate with Richard Dolan a few years back at a, at a conference, um, and I, you know, I made the comment that I said, you know, I, I think, I, I think even with disclosure, people just 
don't, I wouldn't say don't care, but they're so caught up with, okay, well, I still got to pay my mortgage. I still got to get up every day and, mm-hmm. and pay my bills. So, so what if there are UFOs flying around? I, I think that's a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of the way people feel. And I, you know, the way I, the analogy I use is, I'll use back to my, the world is not round, it's flat. If in 1492 you're some, you own a little bakery in the middle of France and you find out some people sailed across and they discover the world's not flat, it's, it's round. Okay, sure, uh, but you still got to get up every day at four in the morning and open up your bakery and make your bread. And so, how does that impact you? Um, it's not till hundred years of la- later when we have now this global civilization that has impacted the world. So, I think I think disclosure is kind of like that. I, I think you know, hey, we're not alone, but it's it's going to permeate through through society. And again, it's it's going to be this slow kind of. Uh, you know, slow progression rather than this kind of shock and, oh my gosh, now there are UFOs here and we're gonna fly to Zeta Reticuli and meet them. So, I, 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 you know, that's my, that's my belief. With Elon Musk and all the things that he's creating, it's, it's mm-hmm. too bad we weren't born at a much later date to see some of these things really come into play and help, I guess, civilization and to help the ease of our traveling, uh, chores, I guess you could say. Because traveling yeah. is a bit of a chore. Especially <laughs> yeah, nowadays. Know, huh? It really is, especially yeah. nowadays, having to go through TSA and getting, and getting um, felt yeah. up on. Mm-hmm. Not a great experience. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I had, if I have, if I ever see a God, <laughs> when I, you know, pass over, I'm going to say, God, the one thing I really disagree with is you gave us amnesia <laughs> between <laughs> each lifetime. It would have been much better if we had l- remembered our previous lifetime so we could learn from our mistakes and not keep making them over and over and over again. <laughs> you know? Uh, I was going somewhere with that. I lost it. But anyway. <laughs> it'll, it'll come back. That happens to me too. Yeah, it'll come back. Yeah, as we go along, along here, I'm sure that original thought will sink back in there. Yeah. It's the way it goes. I, I know I was going to make a point with that, but I forget what it was. But anyway. <laughs> Yeah, either way, I definitely understand where you're going with it and can agree full-heartedly about that. And, of course, uh, Jamie, you were, you were always born here, correct? Uh, always born here? Yeah, I was, I'm originally from Massachusetts, born and raised in Massachusetts and, uh, lived, lived in New England majority of my life. I lived in California for, uh, a couple years, but yeah, I'm, I'm born I'm and raised the, here. Okay. Yeah. And Valerie, same thing, right? You're, you were born here? Uh, well, I was born in New Jersey, but my family moved to Rhode Island uh, okay. when I was about one and a half, two. So I, I'm pretty much from Rhode Island. Okay. I, I figured yeah. both of you were most likely, obviously, born here. But, Jamie, I thought since mm-hmm. um, you are uh, Portuguese, correct? You have... That's correct. Yes. I My parents, um, they, uh, they immigrated to the United States. Ah, uh, okay. or my dad did. I should say my mom was... U.S. citizen, and uh, I was uh, born here, uh, Portuguese parents, and speak a little Portuguese, and I love Portuguese food, and absolutely. So when I pronounced your name uh, earlier, did I say it correctly? Jamie Mauricio, yes, that's correct. Ah, okay, nice. I was calling you Jamie Mauricio. Yeah, that, yep, that's perfect. Doing the whole accent, uh, Spanish accent there. Yeah, that's, that's okay. It's, uh, it's uh, Mauricio is, uh, is, is fine. Perfect. I just like to do it that way. It's it's more enjoyable for the listener out there. They say, "Oh, look at that! He's <laughs> trying to get fancy with it now." 
<laughs> I appreciate that. Thanks, Michael. No problem. No problem. And uh, my goodness, this conference is coming up, and you have all these great speakers. And I'm just wondering, what is the parking going to be like there? That probably won't be good. <laughs> it's a great. Oh, it's, they a, have, it's a fantastic they venue. Have, they have fantastic parking, so yeah. they will have no problem with parking. If they have several different lots. Uh, all around around the, the hotel itself, plenty of parking. They have lots of events there, sometimes multiple events at the same time. So parking will not be a problem. You might have to walk a little distance, depending how far you have to park. But other than that, you'll find a parking space very easily. That was um, that was kind of satirical uh, to mention <laughs> parking. But yes. I'm sorry. Hey, no, it's okay. It, I thought you were being literal. No, no, it was perfect though. <laughs> That was perfect, though. Yeah, a couple things about the event. If I could just mention, Michael, I could say that, you know, it's it's close to the airport. Again, you know, this is a, as you mentioned earlier, Michael, it's a first of a kind event for Rhode Island that, you know, I have attended conferences in Massachusetts, uh, New Hampshire, Maine, and the area, but this is a a first of a kind event for Rhode Island, or at least in quite some time. And, uh, again, close to the airport, phenomenal speakers. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. It's, you know, folks should definitely come out and check it out. The other thing I want to mention, too, is that, we have the early registration now through the end of February 28th. So for the whole entire and that might, that'll week. that'll probably be extended probably a little bit. So. Yeah, yeah, for the whole entire weekend right now, it's yeah. only $60. Um, the price yeah. is expected to go up as we get closer. Yeah, $60 for the whole, yeah. all three days. And then you can buy uh, two day if you only want to attend for two days. You can buy uh, tickets for just two days, which is currently uh, 45 And then um for one day is a thirty dollar price. So uh and, and on the website there's a link xfilersunited x dash filersunited.com there's a link to the tickets which are purchased through Eventbrite. So um and again the list of speakers is on the website and again just the it's gonna be really exciting. I'm I'm super psyched. And the other thing, you know, Val Val is the main coordinator here and I've always you know thought it would be awesome to organize a conference but I never really took the leap. Uh, so when Val did and I was able to help her out, I'm excited for this, but one of the things uh, she's mentioned is that uh, this year we're hoping to be super successful and then be able to start planning for this to be an annual event. So we'd love to see everyone come out and, and join us and uh, experience the event and then um, hopefully turn this to an annual event with some phenomenal speakers every year. And that, of course, will be on Friday, April 26th to uh, Sunday the 28th, I, cor- I, I believe, correct, right? That, that's, that's correct, correct. Yep. yeah. I um didn't even have to look at the paper. I just kind of memorized that one. <laughs> Sometimes I, I randomly memorize things, and I pull them out of my you-know-what here on the show, and it's <laughs> kind of amazing at times. I give myself credit. I have to, because no one else will. <laughs> I mean, if I, you really sometimes have to be your own cheerleader and put yourself over exactly. because other people are not going to do it for you. Nope, you're Absolutely. right. Yeah, I mean that's just something I learned doing this. <laughs> uh, no one, no one. A lot of people think a lot of people are helping me do this or that, and the reality is it's just mostly me here. No one is actually oh, helping wow. me do most of these things at all. But it's it's fantastic wow, people like you, Michael, that that are you know helping the community and getting you know uh, information about these types of topics and these events out to the to the world. So it's uh, it's great work that you do. Well, I really do appreciate you saying that. I do try to help even those that I have offended in the past. I definitely try to help those people out too if they ever need it. That's Absolutely. nice. Yeah, and I, I've offended a lot of people, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
But that's it comes oh, with well. turf though. It comes with the t- with the, with the territory here, especially <laughs> if you want to speak your mind and you're not afraid of any sort yeah. of backlash or ridicule, yeah. uh, any of that stuff. I, I I really don't care. I don't care what other people yeah. think of me. Uh, this is my show, and exactly. I'm gonna do whatever I want with it. And uh, there's plenty exactly. of people who love the way it goes already, so that's not a problem with me. Good. Oh yes. That's, a, that's the best way to uh, because you really it's your show. <laughs> you don't like it, don't call in, don't listen. Don't to listen. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't be here. Don't message me at four in the morning. Exactly. Um, all, all, all of the above, indeed. And of course, uh, Jamie and Valerie. Everyone had the impression that you were a couple here as soon as I announced that you guys would be on. Again, I still think that's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah to that's funny. A... I, I mean, I, I guess everyone's in that kind of, you know, they always think that, but nope, we're not. <laughs> yeah, you guys barely yeah. even met. Yeah. We've, like yeah, I sure said, we... I think he emailed me in December, uh, and uh, so it's what, three months, little, two and a half months? And we actually, you know, I've gotten to know Jamie a little bit more tonight, and I, we haven't had much time to really talk about a lot of stuff, background stuff. It's been all about the conference. So I actually learned, you learned <laughs> a, a lot. lot about Jamie tonight that I had no idea about. Amazing. So. I, well, that's the great part of the show. You learn something all the time from everyone here on the show, even even the callers you learn something from. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Indeed. And this is this is going to be really random here, but. I have to ask you this, well, not really ask you, but tell you, one of the things that people get really offended with me about is how I perceive, hold on for this one, how I perceive Michael Jackson and how I sort of uh, bury him every now and then and think that there was some foul play involved with our friend Michael Jackson. People get real pissed off at me over that. I don't know why. Interesting. Yeah, you know, it's funny because people get... uh you know, angry about like back to the, the craziest stuff. You know, one of the yeah, there we go. One of the authors I've come to back one to of that. the authors mm-hmm. I've come to appreciate. Hello. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. That's okay. I was saying one of the authors I've come to appreciate is Eckhart Tolle. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but you know, he yeah. writes a lot of mm-hmm. uh, spiritual spiritual um, uh, uh, books, and you know, he has a Facebook and a blog, of course. And one time he was saying, you know, I, I you post something, and you know, usually you know out of a you know out of 50 or so, 49 are, are positive. And there's one person that comes back and says, you know, how dare you? And they're so angry and so, <laughs> so mad. Yeah. And he says, all I did was talk about universal peace and love. And <laughs> then they come back one. so angry. So Yeah, there's so, always someone that's <laughs> going to get so angry and bitter, Jamie. Absolutely. Well, you know, that, oh, I'm sorry, but I believe in dual, uh, that human experience is dualism. So if I said the sky was uh, blue, there's going to be somebody who's going to contradict me. Because we, the human life is dual, and when you get out of that, when you transcend that stuff, you see how all that division, uh, decisiveness, and um, separating yourself is right. nonsense. You don't need to do that. And and that, I think that's what Jamie was uh, also talking about, that same thing, is that in the human life, until we can rise above that dualism, we don't get very far. We don't get to the other side where we say, this is all nonsense. This is We don't have to live this way. Um, that's just my two cents. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Very, very interesting conversation we are having here. And it's, it's almost time for us to, I guess, descend here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. 
And But before I do, I still do have a couple more questions for both of you, if, if you guys are still in here. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Sure, I do. Hi, yeah. Okay, well, random question here. Um, do either one of you have to wake up early tomorrow? I just don't want to take up too much of your time. <laughs> um, I don't have any plans that time to get up tomorrow, so I'm fine. But Jamie, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I have a, I have a, I have a one-year-old, so she'll probably get up around seven thirty, seven thirty-eight. But that's that's fine. I'm I'm good usually with between six to seven hours. So I'm, okay, I'm perfect. Nah. Okay, a couple more things here. And you talked about nine eleven in your book, Jamie, your your first book there. And I'm curious to know if if you, because I haven't read your book. I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't read it. I want to read it, but I haven't gone around to it just yet. There's other books that have been sent to me that I, I need to get through first. And they're books that, to be honest with you, I, I kind of didn't even want to read them, but kind of forced to, kind of forced to. But going back to, the, to 9-11, this event that happened, do you still recall where you were that morning? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. Of course, I remember 9-11. I was actually at work uh, okay. when the event happened. Um, and I, I recall it very, very clearly. Um you know, and the, the, the thing about 9-11 is, I mentioned it briefly in my book, is it's kind of a, a passing thing. The book is not, not about 9-11, um, but it is mentioned because it's present day and Correct, correct. And yeah, one thing, you know, the, 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 the thing I mentioned earlier about 9-11 when I was 11, 12, the message I received basically was, um, whatever you want to call these beings, uh, I, I don't have a name for them, but I, I remember these visions of, um, pure destruction, uh, fire, expl- I remember seeing all this and, um, the, the, the story was this event's gonna happen on, on the earth, um, uh, and not, not far from where I am, and it, after that point, the earth is, the, the, the earth, people, the way we live is, is going to change, and, and that progression's gonna happen rapidly, and you'll see a, a, a man's name that will be associated with this event, and it was almost like this, this name had come to me, and the first name was Zachary, Zachariah, and then the last name, I remember telling my the, the one person who I had told these visions or these thoughts to, the last name has a, an M, an S, an I, uh, and I said, maybe Smith, and I couldn't make out the last name, but a Zachariah, Zachariah with an M, an S, and an I. And I remember when 9-11 happened, and they showed they had captured Zachariah Musawi, I knew immediately wow. that's the that was the, the vision, um, and that was the person that was being communicated to me. That's pretty creepy. Uh, yeah, and that's when wow. I called my my cousin, who were now we're both we were adults at the time, and you know we hadn't we hadn't spoken about this one since we were young young kids. We were really kids, for that matter. Um, and I called him and I said, "Hey, you see the news? And you see who they caught?" He said, "Yeah, it's him, isn't it?" And I said, "Yeah." And he knew exactly. He hadn't forgotten. I hadn't forgotten all those years. Um, and, and you know, so that that was the the one connection nine eleven that I was referring to earlier. Very unusual. And Valerie, same question for you. Do you still recall where you were that fateful morning? Yeah, I was at home. Um, I actually was uh, away from work for a couple of days because uh, my car needed to work on done on it. So I was home and I was watching that today show, and they talked about it. And then they, you, I actually remember seeing the second plane go into the uh, tower because they they had the tower on and the second plane went into it. It was right. like that that whole. Next few days was surreal. It was just totally surreal. Wasn't that weird? You were just glued to the TV. Yeah. yeah, you're just glued to the TV set. You're watching all these different things, seeing all the. It was just horrific, and and it was just like 
again, it was surreal. It was almost like you just couldn't imagine. You saw it. It was there. But you just couldn't, you know, you just couldn't say, how could this happen? You couldn't you know? fathom that it happened, it, yeah. Exactly, exactly. I think uh it was just so tragic. Um but and so I remember it very clearly. Um it was uh it 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 affected the whole world, not just the United States, I think. I think the whole world has been affected by it in some way. Oh yes. Um, that that was a very unusual time in our nation's history. Um especially mm-hmm. afterwards, the next coming months of that, it, it seemed like everybody was really nice and United mm-hmm. it to some extent for for a while there. I know you recall that feeling. It, it did seem that way. It seemed like everybody was was nice. Even in New York, people were being nice to each other, which, <laughs> which is rare. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were. I mm-hmm. think I think that's the good of humanity uh, that people can put aside the dis- of, for a little while and get to the healing and working with people, getting them safe and sound, and and you know watching those firemen going into the burning yeah. buildings and everything. I think that's the the best side of human nature is coming together. Then after about a few days, then then the anger and then the <laughs> accusations and all yes. that stuff comes out. But for a little while, people want to work together and and they put everything aside to help people. Correct. So. And just in that moment of time, uh, Jamie, uh, uh, Jamie and Val, just for that pocket in time, I, I'm I'm just wondering well, what happened to that. Why don't we have that sort of all being united and being friendly once again toward each other. It's just, it makes me think, why can't we have that again? It, it's it's so funny you mentioned that, Michael, because you I, you know you mentioned 9-11 in my book. I, I talk about it. The piece I talk about was exactly what you described. Is uh-huh. it, it talks about how mm-hmm. 9-11 happened and how people, New Yorkers even became friendly and people just kind of, you know, realize, hey, what's really important and, and that whole kind of that mentality. And that's the exact, uh, the only reference I make in my book about mm. 9-11. And there's a, there's a quote in my book, you know, if I may read it, it's, it's real brief. Go ahead. Jay. Um, on this topic and, and, the, and the quote that, then again, this came to me, um, is the quote goes, so often it is only through trial and tribulation that we come to the full realization and appreciation of life. Why is it that mm. so many seldom come into this awareness in the absence of such trials? Perhaps it is because we spend most of our time asleep, and it is only when these trials mm. come along that we are awakened from our slumber. Stay awake. Mm. I like that. Nice. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. that's really nice. Thank yeah. Thanks for letting me do yeah, that. I think, mm-hmm. Yeah, I Go think. Yeah, I think. When, I think. I just think part of that too is that when you're coming together, you're coming together for a higher purpose. But once you get back to your main, you know, mainstream life and you have to pay the bills, you have to pay the mortgages, you're going through a divorce, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. All that stuff just kind of erodes, you know? You've got to deal with this other stuff that got to be dealt with whether you like it or not, but it kind of takes away, you don't have that higher purpose anymore. Now it's your, you're, you're trying to live your life the best you can, um, and, and there's a lot of fear based. And, you know, worry and fear involved for most people in some way, somehow. Um, and I think that's what takes over. And then that's when it all kind of goes away. Right. I agree with you wholeheartedly again. But mm-hmm. it takes a tragedy to bring us together. That's that's the most uh, saddening part of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think uh, you can I... count too many times when good things got put people together. At least not for a long period of time, maybe. Yeah, the tragedies I think really, you know, jolt people and to really back to, you know, wake it up and realize, whoa, you know, there's, there's more to life than just a rat race. I once heard 
the problem with a rat race mm. is at the end you, you're still a rat when yeah. you want to lose. So <laughs> I, I think these tragedies come along and, and they really, you know, shake people to the core. And when they do that, they kind of snap out of that kind of uh, mundane kind of, you know, Alan Watts once said, we, we're all insecure, we're all living compulsively. And we kind of slap, snap out of that compulsive kind of living when those tragedies come along and we connect and then things get good again and we go back to our compulsive ways and forget. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Oh, yes. Yep, yep, that's right. Life hits the hardest. Yeah. yeah. We all know that indeed. And, <laughs> of course, we have seen another paradigm in terms of the political spectrum where politics has now become the new religion for a lot of individuals <laughs> out there. I thought we could test the waters here on this subject. I would love to discuss this with both of you here. Um, in terms of Donald J. Trump, we've never seen a more um, polarizing figure. We've never seen something like this before. It's been it's been a pretty goddamn entertaining couple years now. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I, I first of all, I'm not affiliated to any political party nor group. I'm completely independent and an individual, far away from those things. I, I don't want to be a part of any group whatsoever. But I've always been fascinated with politics and religion and psychology. Those things mm-hmm. I've always been pretty, pretty obsessed with. And mm-hmm. for a long time, I wanted to get into the world of politics. I knew a couple of people. I even helped along with a few campaigns that I can't talk about here. But mm-hmm. I was pretty deep in, to be honest with you. But after a while, I kind of learn that a lot of it is just bs i could go mm-hmm. i could go on for i could talk about that till the cows come home and that's one of the reasons why i got in trouble with the professor at, at one of the places there and mm-hmm. um well that kind of shifted all my thoughts and perspectives uh, clearly away from the political realm however these last couple years maybe the last six seven years i'd say I got deeply back into it, and now it's just, this has been pretty damn entertaining, and I've, I'm not a big Trump supporter at all. However, I do acknowledge that he is our president, and I definitely would help, or I guess you could say, um, boost anyone that takes the seat by default, simply because they're the president. <laughs> so, you know, I can't really go and bury the president. That's just, you know. But... I'm curious how both of you feel about his run so far. Well, I can say really early on before when he was like starting to to um talk about being, you know, being a candidate and early candidate. I thought I I'm very disappointed cuz I thought cuz I didn't know much about his background. I didn't know about all the fraud. I didn't know about all the bad businesses. Right. I only heard the good stuff about him. And so I said, well, maybe this is pretty good. Maybe this will shake things up. Maybe this will help the economy. He was amazed. I thought he was going to be a breath of fresh air. Oh God, was I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, and then, and then when he criticized John McCain, Oof, yeah, a, a prisoner of war. That 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 was it for me. You do not do that to a prisoner of war. I you do not say that to a prisoner of war. Um, in my opinion, yeah, I will not tolerate that. I'm with and you that's Matt. when mm-hmm. I said, yeah, that turned me off. And I said, if you could, if you do that, and then he would said a couple of things about some women and stuff. I said, no, 
No, that turned me totally off. I see. Yeah, and, you know, and, there's. And now, and then, oh, go ahead. Sorry. And now that he, well, and then he got elected, which really surprised me uh, that he got as far as he did. And then, but, and now we know that, which has probably been true the whole long, but that's why he's so polarizing, is that a third of our population in the United States, about a third, maybe 20%, is what I would call, you know, fascist or bigoted, mm. racist, what, you know, all that stuff. Right. And they're not going to change. Um, and other people are just like, on the just continue to go to the other spectrum, spectrum till you get the, uh, socialists or whatever you want to call them now. Um, so that's just like the bell curve kind of thing. So how, so my question is, how are we going to live together? Again, how are we going to live together? How are we going to try to, we, maybe we can't change each other's minds, but how are we going to make this America work for everybody? Yeah, that's but a tough one. We can't have everyone's belief if they're going to hurt other people. And I think that's the bigger question for me anyway. Yeah, that's the conundrum. How are we going to do that? No doubt. How will we do that? And Jamie, go ahead if you have uh, any, any take on this. Yeah, I'll just comment, you know, uh, again, politics is one of those polarizing things that I, I try not to get too excited about. I will say about, you know, the president, I, you know, one of the things I, I really, uh, value in leaders, uh, is the level of emotional intelligence. And I, I don't know that he has much, um, emotional intelligence, the ability to connect with people. Um, I, I think sometimes some of his rants seem like that of a, of a child, and I think, you know, from the left and the right, they're both some of the rants that I've seen in the, the war where the media is just kind of out of control between the president and, and the media. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a distraction. I, I think the, the, you know, the executive branch could be a lot more efficient than what it has been. Um, however, you know, I think he does say some things that are, that are, that sometimes are, are, are spot on, and, but he says a lot of things that are kind of way out in left field. So, for example, right. you know, I, I, I think, you know, I'm in favor of a, a fiscal conservative policies. I think the trade has been out of balance. So the fact that he's trying to rebalance the trade and some of the, some of the trade wars we're seeing in, in the tariffs and what, what he's looking to do, you know, I, I, I think some of that, some of that does make sense, but, you know, I, I really, you know, would like to see more, um, you know, more fiscally conservative type of, uh, policy. But, uh, overall, you know, I, 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 I think they, he could be in the, and the branch could be a lot more effective than it, than it has been. And I just think that, uh, um, one thing I will say is that, you know, we, we've stayed out of a war under his presidency so far. Right. So that I'm appreciative of. Um, and so, and perhaps he's making progress in North Korea, whether, whether it's progress or whether it's just smoke and mirrors, I'm not sure yet, but, um, it seems like some things have been, um, have been a little more neutralized than they were when he first took office that seemed a little bit more heated, especially with places like North Korea. So we'll, we'll see how it plays, plays out. Yeah, we, we definitely will see how it plays out. There's lots of things about Trump that I like and lots of things that I dislike, but that goes with every human being out there. I, I definitely don't agree with everyone out there. I mostly disagree with everyone. Yeah, that's just the reality of myself, though. I, I'm just... Bit of a hard ass. Yeah, I'm a bit of a hard ass. What can I say? But, but Trump, though, he's just, well, first of all, let, let's, let's go back to Obama really quickly here. Obama won because he was likable. That's yeah. something that most people don't even comprehend. Just that simple little fact there. He was a likable guy and a lot of people thought, 
Okay, he's likable, we relate to him, bada bing, bada boom, you're in. And for Trump, well, he didn't get over because he was likable. He got over because of the style of which he presented himself and his ideas and the way he really talked to his audience. He made it seem like he was talking to those individuals right in front of them. He, Yeah, he was very uh good at that. Very good. Targeting his he or his people around him. I don't know if it's really him. Um, he had good people. Well, good administration. He had people around him mm-hmm. who probably were very good at targeting the people he was going to talk to and, and address and hook up with. And I think that was a for a campaign. That's a smart move. Um, you know, I, again, I didn't want him to win, but 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 the, regardless, um, his campaign worked because it was targeted. And he knew how to talk to his different audiences. Right. And that's what that's how he won. Yeah, he he really embodied the authoritarian archetype that really just resonated to a lot of the country. And it it was very inter- interesting to see how some people took to him. And of course, he has his diehard fans out there who believe and hang on to every single thing he says. Yeah. They, yeah. They don't care. Mm-hmm. What he does or, or what he they don't care. They just like him. And as long as he's there, they're going to like him no matter what he does. Correct. And no, I guess- again, I, I don't want to seem like I hate the president or dislike him. Again, he is doing what I guess what what needs to be done for our current time. And I would personally I wouldn't have wanted Hillary to have been the president of the United States. You probably think differently yourself. I don't know how you feel about that, Jamie, but I think Trump was the rightful candidate for for the job for this climate that we have today. I'm not sure if 2020, if folks agree with that, that might change coming up here in the next election. I'm not sure, though. I don't don't know how you guys feel about this next coming election, but I am curious what you think. Me personally, I think the next election, I, I, you know, I think the approval rating for the president's been pretty down after the sh- government shutdown. Uh, I oh, do yes. think though, I think a lot will hinge on the economy. If the economy is booming, um, when it comes to re-election, he may have a shot of re-election. Um, but I think the fiasco with the wall and the government shutdown certainly didn't help, help him. So, um, you know, we very well could see a Democrat there, but I think a lot will hinge on, on my opinion, how the economy's, uh, doing at that point. Interesting. Go ahead, Val. Well, I think it's the difference um, in a campaign. Um, it's going to be who they believe can make it better. So what? So in the past campaign, they thought they thought he was going to make it better, and maybe he has in some ways. I'm not quite convinced of that. But um, some people said like the trade, although I've heard different stories. See, that's another thing. I don't. You don't always know what to believe or which is credible and not. Sometimes that's the problem. Just, yes. Yeah, I mean, you get all these experts saying different, and the dualism again. You have, you know, one expert say, oh, he's great for the economy, then you have the other one say, no, he's not. And you, you kind of get caught in the middle, and you don't really know what's the truth. Is there a truth? And I, I guess um, that's how I feel sometimes. It's like... Um, no, you're right, though. Journalism today is a dirty word, and the fact that we don't exactly know who is telling us the truth and who's selling us BS... Uh, it's been pretty pretty problematic in America. Yeah, yeah, and I, I guess you know I have my issues with Trump. Um, uh, but that's okay. 
But he won. You know, you can't, you can't keep rehashing it. He won. Maybe not legitimately. What I'm not even gonna go there. But he won. Um, for me, uh, once he started criticizing John McCain, that was it for me. I can no longer support him. And there's been things that I've learned or I've heard about, and they've been verified that I cannot condone. But um, he's the president of the United States. He has right. that office. He got there. He he um, he and his campaign knew what they were doing. I'll give them credit um, that they have kept him there and keep doing what he's doing. I give them credit for that. That's very hard. I think a weaker candidate with a, uh, with other people um, would probably be would probably be more of a fiasco. But uh, you got to give credit where credit's due. But I'm just going to simply say he's not my he's not so my He's not my cup of tea. I, I don't you. know who is now. I mean, I really don't. I know who really is, uh, though. Yeah, I mean, really. You know, I was just thinking this the other day. I said, you know, all, you know, how many people do we have in the United States? And when you look at the, <laughs> the people who actually run, get to the top, you just kind of like wonder. You scratch your head. There's got to be people more intelligent or more capable. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's just kind of crazy. Well, back in 20... I just had to last Back in uh, <laughs> Back in 2017, we had, I think it was like something like 325.7 million. That's a figure just off the top of my head, but that's that was a statistic from 2017, I recall reading. So, yeah, that's a lot of people. And, yeah, well, you take away the children, you know, and right. stuff, and you, you know, and the, and the very poor, they don't have a shot, you know, maybe even middle class. But you gotta, I, I gotta, you know, over the, over the last few, it's like, there's gotta be some, where are they? I mean, is it all about <laughs> money? And that's a whole other thing. Well, yeah, a lot, for a lot of people, that's, stuff. yeah, for a lot I of mean, people, that's it's what it's all about, money, essentially, yeah. 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 yeah, who knows who and the money, and it's really not about, skill or intelligence or knowledge um i think we've gotten away from that i always said that nepotism um, ruined this country though hmm. that's something nepotism? i've always <laughs> nepotism has has ruined the country in many ways i personally hmm. feel that's more yeah. of a controversial well, stance i think it's but... a bad policy to begin with you know <laughs> well yeah not who you know <laughs> yeah not what you know it's who you know I think that's a bad policy anyway i don't like um, that policy but that's the way it works for a lot of businesses out there and it just drives me crazy. I, I want to smash my head sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, so do that. Well, not that. Well, maybe I'm exaggerating, but yes, that's essentially how I feel. But uh, going back to who exactly Trump will be running against, I'm not quite sure if if everyone knows uh, in terms of like the media if they have if anyone even knows exactly who will be running. But I oh, I've been watching campaigns mm-hmm. since I was a little girl on TV. It's way too early. It's way too it's, early. It is to too early. Right, but I think I think it's uh, Bernie Sanders. I think he's going to yeah. be running. Or Liz Warren or Kamala Harris. Well, uh she she is how has already put her name. She's already a candidate. Bernie has has done it this week. I don't think anyone else has confer, has um officially put their name in except for those two. Ah, okay. So it's just those two. And from I believe it's just those two, yeah. From what I recall, Bernie, he made something like six million in donations in just 24 hours. That's crazy. Well, what can I say? <laughs> That's a lot of money. What can I say? Yeah. Really quickly. I don't want to anger people. <laughs> no, believe me, I, I kind I of... Well, that's well, that's kind of you know, 
some of the basis of this show is to offend. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. That's, that's part of the it's part of the show. <laughs> you got to trigger some people out there. Uh, but yeah, Bernie Sanders. Uh, you know, I'm not quite sure if he's as well. He's not as polarizing as a Donald Trump. He doesn't have the same uh, charisma that one Donald J. Trump possesses. That it's what's essentially won the American people over. Uh, but Bernie Sanders, he might be a bit of an impact player. I, I give him a pretty good chance of maybe sweeping this one under the rug. Perhaps there's a chance. Uh, I think he's good at what Trump was. He knows his base. He knows how to talk to them. But I don't think he's going to have the power. I don't think he's going to have the staying power. I really don't. Um, he'll always be vocal. He'll always be part of it. But to actually get the nomination, I don't think so. But yeah. That's just my opinion. Who really knows? Who knows? Yeah, we have to wait and he, find out. He's surprised. No, you never know. It's way too early. You Joel. know, people who think, who was it? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I forget who, uh, there was one that last one of the past presidents who didn't have a shot in you know where. <laughs> and then, and no one had any faith in him. I think it was, uh, yeah, it had to be him. <laughs> and, um, uh, he surprised everyone. He kept moving on and moving on and moving up. And then I think it was, actually, I think it was Clinton I'm talking about. You know, he was this little thing from Arkansas and no one had, oh, and Jimmy Carter, you know, they didn't see where he was coming from and, but they stayed with it and they right. ran good campaigns. And by the time that uh, the convention came around, they got nominated. So you never know. Yeah, you don't know. And and don't know. Imagine if Joe Biden was the president. <laughs> yeah. I like Joe Biden. I don't think he's going to, he's still kind of on the fence from what I can see, but I, 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 he has experience, he has the knowledge, but again, I don't think he has the staying power. That's just no, my, he, again, yeah. I don't, I don't think he, ha- he possess, possesses that sort of, uh, again, that charisma, that sort of essence. Um, yeah. Who was I thinking of right now? A good example of that. Ron Paul. Look at his son. His son doesn't have that same charisma as his father. Oh yeah, right about that. You know yeah. what I'm talking about then, yeah. No way. That's what I'm. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That yeah. sort of, no. that charisma, that power, that aura. Uh, the sun doesn't have that, and I, I kind of see uh, this. The next candidates, if if they do decide to go uh, head heads up with um, Donald J. Trump, there, I'm thinking which one can actually have that sort of charisma going for them that will captivate the rest of America and actually vote for him. It's hard well, to see that. Well, some people, there's some um, people who are saying that whoever goes up against Trump, we're leaving you out of this, Jamie. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listening. Um, is, uh, is that someone's going to have to fight him t- tooth and nail and, and um, you know, really be very forceful. Um, don't put up with his crap. Um, and uh, maybe even... Fight dirty like he does. I'm not sure about that. No one should fight dirty like, you know, anything, but, um, uh, that they, it can't be someone who's just black the days ago, a wimp, who doesn't come off as strong. It's gonna to have to be someone who can come off as strong and can, can go toe to toe with them. And deflect his, because he likes the insult. That's how he deflects. He doesn't, he doesn't do it with intelligence or facts or things. He does it by, by calling people's names right. or trashing you. 
So that person's going to have to rise above that and put that aside and, and, and really be forceful and say, no, you're not going to do that. This is what we're talking about. This is what we're going to discuss. So I'm not sure who that would be. Sometimes you got to fight fire with fire and bury your competition as well. Well, you got to be a smart. Sometimes you have to, and, and, and skillful. You got to be a smart and skillful. Maybe not in the same way, but you got to you got to have a plan. You got to have a game plan. Got to have. You got to be. Strate- you got to be strategic. Exactly. You got to know their. You know, it's kind of like football. You know how the coaches they do all the. I'm playing on and on. I'm sorry, but okay. the coaches they have the players view the the other team. And so that they have the telltale signs or the way the weaknesses are and their defense and stuff. That's what a campaign is about. You really got to know your other candidate and you really got to know their weaknesses. Learn the enemy. Yeah. Learn the enemy. And you have to learn. You have to be, and you have to be smart on how you're going to use that. You know, and how is the, the, the audience going to react? Right. Because some will like what they're going to do. Some people won't. Agreed. But, and, oh, just to add really quickly here, I'll tell both of you this. Um, it, the next president will not be Chris Christie or any time in the future for that matter. <laughs> yeah, I can agree with that. And this is, and here we go. This is, this is going to be the offensive part. Um, personally, I don't think anyone from New Jersey will ever become president. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty yeah, offensive. Chris Christie, he, he really is a, a tragic figure. I think he could have had a chance at a much, uh, a more respected place and maybe even, you know, maybe run for president or whatever. But he just tragically blew up. I mean, it was just tragic. That's what I mean when I say no one from New Jersey will become president. They always shoot themselves <laughs> in the foot. You notice yeah, that, right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know about New Jersey, but a lot of people, politicians tend to do that <laughs> in some way or somehow. Oh my. <laughs> Jamie, did you have anything to uh, add there? We, that was um, we went back and forth there. Uh, yeah, no, I, I would say I, I, I would vote for ex-president who's uh, ready to uh, push the disclosure movement forward. Ah, I, I think that would be pretty exciting, you know. Uh, and I've read or heard things that you know Trump has been interested in the topic. I know other presidents have been as well. I think that's pretty that's pretty cool and fascinating. Um, yeah, in fact, both Obama, Hillary, and those folks have been on some late night TV shows talking about being asked about the ATIP program. I thought that was pretty interesting and kind of their comments on that. But no, I, right. you know, I think I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think, you know, whoever runs against Mr. Trump is going to have to, President Trump is going to have to be bold and intelligent, um, and have the charisma. You got to let it all hang out if you're going to battle Trump, I think, personally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you can't back down. I yeah. think that's the only way to beat the guy, to, to be honest with you. Yeah. Or he's yeah. just gonna he's and, just gonna be he's gonna bury you on stage if you let him. Yeah, he well he was known I have to you know, I just have he was known as being a bully throughout school. He knows how to do that well. He from what I hear, you know, how much is true, but he, I think even his own sister has said that he was pretty much a bully. So he knows how to keep you know, he wants he likes to intimidate, he likes to bully, um, he likes to demean people. Um, he's done it more than once. He does it often. And that's a strategy for him. It has worked well for him. So why would he change it? Right. Because there's people yeah. who like it, you know? So why would he change it? And it people do. Well with it. Yeah, people, yeah, people gravitate towards it. Yeah, exactly. One, exactly. The one thing I was going to mention is, uh, you know, it's, I, always, I always find other people's perspective uh, interesting. And so I was recently talking to um, 
a colleague of mine who works in Asia, he's been there for several years now working, and I said, hey, you know, what's the perception? He works in Hong Kong, but I said, uh-huh. what's the perception, um, you know, outside of the U.S. in terms of, I really want to know what people are talking about. And he said, honestly, he said that they think America is in a downward spiral and everyone's wondering mm-hmm. who the next superpower will be. Is it going to be China or is it going to be Russia? And I just ha- mm-hmm. so happened uh, hmm. the day to, other day to talk to mm-hmm. another colleague, colleague, separate colleague. Uh, he's from India, um, but, you know, uh, it works out in, in Singapore now. And I asked the same question and the, the response was exactly the same. So I thought it was pretty fascinating. Two people, I got two data points. Uh, I asked the same question that, you know, really opposite ends of the, the globe here, and you get the same answer. So you wonder, hmm, is that really what's happening? And we're just in it, not seeing it, because we're caught up in all the commotion. But hopefully not. Well, we're, we're uh, definitely victims yeah. to what the media puts out there. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's I, terrible. I think Putin is very intelligent, and I think he has a master plan. I really do. I think he would love to be king of the world. <laughs> I don't know much, much about the guy in China, but Putin, he's not to be, I don't think you can take him lightly. Not to take, it, not to be taken not, lightly, yeah. He, he will not back down. That, that he, he won't. He's not gonna, he's no fool, that's what I'm saying. He's nobody's fool. Yeah, I think, so, and I think he won't the, back down. I think he has a, a grand plan, but he's very slow, he's probably very meticulous, and he, you know, he's probably biding his time. But that's what I think. Yeah, I think one of the concerns that you know I would that that maybe a lot of Americans feel too is that we're we're so busy fighting with each other on these polarized topics, and there's so many right now in the country um, that when we're at odds with each other, it's hard to be a United States, and and I think that's where Mm -hmm. a lot a lot of great civilizations kind of go down the bad path. There, Um, you know, history repeats itself. So so. Hopefully we can correct course here soon. I, I agree with you. It does have me perturbed the way that other countries do perceive us and their their entire perception of America and, and what goes on. It it is a little uh, troublesome the way the the outside looking in observes us like like we're just you know all insane. For the most part, we kind of are though. But in terms of well, I think our that's another skill Trump has, he doesn't care. <laughs> Yeah. Trump doesn't care how, how other people, you know what I mean? It's just like, oh well, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. I'm, well, I'm with that so. mindset as well, but you know, you kind of have to worry a little bit when you're the president though, and you want to uphold <laughs> well, the country think. to some, yeah. yes, exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, agreed. Uh, again, I, I like and dislike Trump at the same time, personally. I, I definitely okay. agree with him and disagree with him all the time. But again, he's he's like our our guy though, you know. He's still our 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 our, our crazy leader that we have. <laughs> well, you know, like I said, I think I I I always have respect for the president. Right. You know, we yeah. have to take it seriously. Kind of have to. And we've had good, we've had great presidents. We've had so-so presidents. We've had terrible. I mean, the United States is going to go on whether we have Trump another four years or not, yep. one way or the other. It doesn't matter and who's president. Go on. Yeah, to be honest yeah. with you, it yeah, really yeah. no president is really going to save any country or any nation from anything. Right. Really, that's just the harsh facts of it all. Exactly. But okay, no, I'm with you. Too. They do the best they can with what they think is best. I mean, you know, you see Republicans. Uh, uh, pres- uh, pe- people want the Republicans, they come in, they turn more 
could they turn more liberal because of the tragedies that happened during their their term. Then you have the Democrats who are more liberal, and then they get into their uh, presidency, and they have to get more conservative again because of the needs of the of the people of the United States. I mean, you never know when you take on the presidency what your what battles you're going to be dealing with. That you know? too, and, and the physical yeah. and the physical uh, toll it takes on anyone who goes into becoming exactly. the president. Yeah, you age exactly. like twenty years. You do, you do, yep. and the decisions that people well, have to they have to make life or death sometimes, and and priorities. It's not, you know, it's not an easy job. Yeah, I was, I was going to say you age probably more than twenty years. Probably in some way. Well, Probably. actually, you know what? Now that I said that, that reminds me of how George Bush, how he kind of seemed to get life back into him once he left office. I think they all do. <laughs> Give it a year or two, they write their book, they get the museum together, and they they get some relaxing. They, they don't have to be waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning because there's mm-hmm. a little crisis or something. They can relax. They can get some sleep. They can get back to a regular, you know, and, and, and they, they feel better. They feel lighter. They don't have that responsibility on their shoulder anymore. I mean, look at Obama. So, you know, when he was in office there, you had seen photos of him, yeah, you know, smoking a cigarette, yeah. looking a little dusty there. And then after yeah, he got yeah. out, you know, he's looking great. He's looking like he's been playing golf. Mm-hmm. He's been playing basketball yeah. with Michael Jordan almost, it seems like. Uh, he's got, yeah. he's more vibrant. The color is back in, yeah. into him. And same with Bush. You know, once he left, he looked, you know, he looked near death. And now fast yeah. forward all these years later, now he, he's looking good. He's, you know, he seems to have that sense of humor back. He's made yeah. me laugh a bunch of times. Yeah. It, it's very <laughs> yeah. interesting to see how, uh, becoming the president takes that physical toll from you. Interesting stuff. Oh, yeah. Very interesting. You know about that, Jamie? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I've seen it. We've seen it with the presidents how how they age. So during their during their term, and uh, we saw it definitely with Obama. Uh, you, see, you see pictures before and after. It's pretty fascinating. You know, certainly with Clinton, and so most recent presidents, absolutely. And uh, you know, it is a demanding job, both both mentally and physically. And uh, that's nuts. Yeah. You know, and yeah, and at that age, you know, I'm, I'm in my 40s, and. Uh, uh, I have a one-year-old, and that that's physically challenging enough. So I can't <laughs> that's, imagine being, yeah. being president. <laughs> that's that's tough enough. Yeah. Good yeah. lord! Ha- imagine being yeah. the president. You know, imagine being any <laughs> any celebrity that has that sort of notoriety, and you're so famous, and this and that, and you have the media on you nonstop. I mean, that's that's insane. That that is exhausting. Yeah. It takes yeah, a toll on you. Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. So, Jamie and Valerie, I, I do want to thank you so much for being a part of the program. I had such a great time talking to you. Uh, you know. Oh, well, thank you for having us on. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank you so much. It was a fun improv uh, conversation here. I, I knew what I wanted to talk about with you, but, you know, at times I, I take notes for, for everyone, really. But what ends up happening uh, about nine out of ten times, those notes go right out the window. Yeah, yeah. They really do. And before I let yeah. you guys, yeah, before I let you guys go, uh, I'm gonna give both of you the last word. Go ahead and say anything you'd like. Definitely plug the conference coming up. Uh, Valerie, we'll start with you first. Go ahead. Yes, I'm just, uh, again, it's, uh, our website is x, uh, dash, fibers, f-i-l-e-r-s, 
.com, united.com, X-File is united.com, and uh, the hotel information that you can buy your tickets online, the hotel information there, the updated programming will be up within uh, one to two weeks, uh, and um, uh, just comment, you're going to, you're just going to enjoy yourself, the quality of the speakers, I mean, these are the who's who of the field. Uh, you just, you just thoroughly enjoy it. I know you'll have a great time. So I hope to see you in Rhode Island at last weekend in April. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Valerie, thank you so much for being a part of the program yeah. and we'll talk to you in the near future. Thank you. Thank All you, right. Michael. Bye, Jamie. All right. Bye, Valerie. Good night. Bye, Val. Bye. Good night. Bye-bye. Thank you, Michael. So Jamie, again, yeah. final words before we cut you loose here. Go ahead. The stage is yours. Absolutely. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having having uh, both Val and I on. It's been a pleasure. I uh, really, really appreciate you allowing us to come on here and, and, and getting the word out to your listeners about the uh, X-Filers United Convention here on April 26th or the 28th in, in Rhode Island. Um, I, you know, if you can make it out, we'd love to meet you in person and have you out here yourself. And, um, you know, for your listeners, those that want to attend, I think, it, you know, you'll learn a ton. I guarantee it. It's going to be an awesome event. Um like as we mentioned, tremendous, tremendous lineup, and uh, we'd love to see as many of your listeners out out here in Rhode Island, uh, and we'll give you a warm, warm welcome uh, to the state and, and to the event. Uh, and this has been an absolute pleasure from from my end, and uh, really appreciate it, and uh, appreciate all the work you do, Michael. So thanks very much. Well, thank you very much for putting me over that way. I do appreciate it, and yes, definitely go check out the conference and say hi to Jamie and Valerie if you are out there. I would love it to be there, except I would probably die uh, due to the cold <laughs> conditions since, you know, I'm a desert rat. I might just die out there. Yeah, well, it's April, April 26th, so you're starting to hit spring, and, you know, you had some nice days in April there, so it could be could be, could be be really pleasant. Yeah, I, I actually would like to go out there, though. It um, would be a good experience to go out in the East Coast and uh, – Soak up all that sort of fun out there. I know the East Coast is pretty unforgiving, and that's a good place for someone like me to go and um, hang around certain individuals out there. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So, Jamie, once again, thank you so much. Really do appreciate your time here. And, of course, we will touch back with you in the near future, my friend. Very good. Thank you, Michael. Have a good night and good night to your listeners. All right, Jamie. Take care and mahalo, my friend. Mahalo. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. That was Jamie Mauricio. Great, great guy. And Valerie, another great person. Really did enjoy talking to both of them here. And looking at that time, oh yes, it certainly is that hour where we go on a little break, go to the restroom if you need to, or go to the fridge. The choice is yours. And when I return, we'll wrap up the program here. Stay tuned.
And welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are, back from that little break. So good to see so many of you still out there. So many lovely people out there, and of course, the ugly people too. God loves ugly. I've got some news to go over, and I'm also joined by another soul, Vanessa. Hi. There you are. How are you? I'm doing good. Can't complain. I'm glad you're here. Yay. Yeah, I got Florida some, correspondent. There we go. I had some, um, the 805. I had, um, 305. 305. I don't know why I said 805. Oh, I'm thinking of something else. Wrong oh. number there. But yes, <laughs> I am glad you're here. I had some news to go over, and of course, it would be good to get your reaction on that too. All right, great. And what a week it's been. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, we all made it out alive. No one in handcuffs that I know. No, no. Was there any shootings? I don't think so. No, no shootings. But thank God. And of course, if you're religious or whatnot, thank your God, whatever deity it is you pray for. Anywhere is better than inside of a cage. That's right. Yeah, man. I mean, come on. Who the hell wants to be in jail? No one. Uh, no. But there's a few people. There that is. Are in jail. There are a few people that are in jail, indeed. And of course, that brings me to someone. Who might, well, I'm not quite sure if they'll end up in jail, per se, but of course that cheapskate, Robert Kraft, who pulled an amateur move, boys and girls, he could have done things, um, he could have done everything appropriately and got himself some high-end hookers. Legally, he's got plenty of money to do so and the resources to get it done, folks. However, he wanted to be a complete cheap ass, and he didn't go around the proper protocol to obtain said higher-end hookers. Instead, he went to some Asian spa out there in, I think it was like Jupiter, uh, Florida. Have you ever been there, Vanessa? I think I've traveled through there. There's not much, but there's probably a lot of um, happy ending places. You know. Well, I mean, he got a happy ending, no doubt. <laughs> well, I don't think so, actually. Well, well, sort of. He kind of did. <laughs> okay. He got what he wanted. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, you can't be cheap. If you're going to do it, you got to do it right so that um, you don't get diseases. That's what happened, though. He was just being a cheap ass. Yeah. He could have done everything right, uh, but no. He got lazy there and was going to this Asian spa place, getting the old, the, the, um, the, the old tug job there. <laughs> Amazing, really. I can't believe Amazing. it. Amazing. I, I, can you believe it, though? I mean... I mean, maybe he just um, wanted to be relatable. Like, he didn't want, he wanted to be, <laughs> relatable? you know, like everybody else. You know, like everybody else. Like, maybe he doesn't want the high end. Maybe he just wants to be like any regular person. He wanted to get something like um, like a waitress. Exactly. He wanted uh, somebody humble, you know? Like a normal, like normal folk. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to understand why a billionaire would do that, you know? I know. He just got so lazy. It's it's actually quite incredible, really. Um, for those that don't know, we are talking about New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft, who has been charged with a misdemeanor uh, solicitation of a prostitute, <laughs> soliciting a prostitute, and I, I believe, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going off the top of my head here. I, I should probably bring up an article, but... I'm trying to remember remember more things to build up some some um, muscle memory, as they like to say. But Thank yes, you. he was arrested in some sort of um, prostitution sting job out there in your neck of the woods in Florida, mm-hmm. with potential ties to human trafficking. Holy shit! 
Yeah, that's, that that's gets, not good. That's, does not, that does not get good for anyone, really. And apparently he was good friends with Donald Trump, and, you know, it got all political all of a sudden. You know how that goes. Yeah, I mean, you are who you hang out with and stuff like that. <laughs> well, he, you know, Donald Trump, he claims he didn't know what Kraft was into, but... Because you're friends with people and you don't know what they're doing. That's true. You don't you don't always necessarily know what they're doing behind closed doors. Exactly. Yeah, so you can't really give uh, Donald Trump too much heat there. I'm pretty sure he didn't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, he's weird, but I'm sure he, he didn't know. Yeah, I have a feeling he probably didn't know too much about Robert Kraft there and what he likes to do behind closed doors. But Robert Kraft, he kind of ruined it for everyone, right? I mean, the NFL owners. a lot of people ruining <laughs> things for everyone lately, like other celebrities ruining things for other Oof. people. Like, I don't believe celebrities anymore either. Oh, yes. Are you referring back to the actor from Empire? Yeah, I don't watch that show, though. I, I didn't even know that shit existed. <laughs> I thought that show was canceled a long time ago. Uh, apparently, it's like a big deal, though. Some people like it. I I mean, it's not my cup of tea, I guess. Yeah, it's I don't not. Know. I've never... Yeah, I'm not a big Empire fan either. I don't didn't even yeah. know that that show or that guy existed. And me either, but apparently, you know, yeah, he's got some fans. Now but now everybody knows who he is, <laughs> but not for the right reasons. Yeah, that's terrible, really. And of course, going back to this, now I have the article up. Uh, police appear to have uh, secretly taped the happenings inside the massage parlor, mm-hmm. and Kraft was reportedly captured on surveillance surveillance video engaging in a sex a sex act with an employee at the spa. So he's kind of screwed. Well, actually, never mind. Did he screw anybody? No, I take it back. (laughs) Even though he appeared on video, just look Mm -hmm. at R. Kelly, he was able to get away with it even though he was on video in the courtroom. Okay. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Why? Well, I don't know. I don't know the ramifications. I didn't exactly go into that sort of detail. (laughs) When I researched R. Kelly, because you know, I I don't really want to do too much research into R. Kelly. I don't I don't want to I don't want anything to come up on my computer that shouldn't be there. I believe I can fly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's what what a sick bastard, right? Yeah, I I, I've never really liked him. I mean, he's peeing on girls. I mean, people are into weird shit. He thought he thought he was a Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry was uh, also into peeing on girls back in the day, back in back in his time, which was a yeah. many many moons ago, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, he was the original R. Kelly, mm-hmm. peeing on girls, peeing in their mouth. He was into the water sports, you know. See, I, underage things that I don't like that, but like peeing. I mean, I would never get peed on, but like I mean, I'm not into that. But I don't see anything weird with that. But he is disgusting. You don't see anything you know, weird about peeing on someone. What? Did you say you don't, you don't think peeing on someone's weird? It's normal. I do think it's weird, but people are into all kinds of stuff. Well, that's true. I'm not, don't deny that. I'm not judging people. I'm not judging people. I'm not judging anyone either, but. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty crazy though, I mean. The... I don't know, maybe you want to mix things up, maybe you want to pee on your girl. Well, I don't know. I mean, that would probably be as far as it goes. I'm not going to go to that Charlie Sheen level where, you know, I'm taking my anger out on, um, you know, men. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's gross. Yeah. Poor man, how he fell off, right? That Charlie Sheen, seen? yeah. It's dark, dark time. It real, real dark time. But yes, of course. Uh, going back to the owner, 
of the Patriots, uh, Robert Kraft. I'm sure his attorney is going to handle it all, however. This is just another day in life for Robert Kraft, in my personal opinion. Yeah, it is just, it's just weird that he would go to, you know. It is. And going back to R. Kelly here, I, you know, I doubt, I, I really doubt R. Kelly will walk away scot-free. I believe he will have to serve some time since minors were involved, but they will have to testify at the end of the day. And of course, yeah. we'll have to see how that one turns out, ladies and gentlemen. We'll, we'll see Amazing. it, even though we won't look it up. We'll just, we'll find out. We'll find out eventually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't want to find out in any other way. <laughs> Michael Avenatti, he turned in some sort of sex tape to the police department there. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking, why do you even have that? A sex tape? Well, of him, of, of R. Kelly and underage girls. I mean, I don't oh, think I would want to possess that. Is, that. That is very weird, and that is, uh, yeah. Imagine having yeah. to see that in court. That's gross, yeah. Dis- but yeah, disturbing. That is disturbing. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. But yes. And of course, earlier I mentioned... um Michael Jackson to the previous guests. Uh, did you? Yeah, they kind of <laughs> didn't want to talk about it. They kind of did not like that, did they? They kind of wanted to save the world. Yeah, I think that was that was like out of their comfort zone. Yeah, I don't think they liked it very much either. I sort no. of, <laughs> I sort of um, got that hint. That vibe. Yeah, this this is what was playing in the background for them when I was talking about Michael Jackson. They were like, no, he's innocent, I swear. It doesn't matter if he shared his bed with kids. I mean, it's normal, Michael. You could share your bed with children. Yeah, people don't understand. They're ignorant. They don't know. Oh, my God. I would never share my bed with a stranger, nor would I share my bed or my children's bed with, with a complete stranger. I don't care if they're a celebrity. That's if I had. That's on the parent. That's if I had a child. I mean, what the hell's wrong with you for even letting a your 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 son or daughter, whatever, whatever you want to call them nowadays? Why, <laughs> why would you even leave them now, uh, with my someone like that? There's other genders, not just son and and, and daughter. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we we have to be um, PC here. Yeah, PC. Got to be PC, folks. But yes, we we got another update. On that whole Michael Jackson documentary. I want to see that, actually. I really do. Apparently, Michael and HBO, well, not his, not Michael Jackson, but his estate, those who (laughs) own the rights and properties of one Michael Jackson, uh, HBO, they aren't caving to the legal threats by the estate of Michael Jackson. HBO is basically saying, we don't give a goddamn. We're going to put this out. We don't care. About any lawsuit, we're, we're gonna put it out because we're HBO, so you could kiss my ass, is basically what they're saying in this latest update here. Uh huh. Good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I really wanna see it. I wanna see it. I'm just completely baffled by it all. HBO will be moving forward with the airing of Leaving Neverland. It's a, a two-part documentary that will be coming out March 3rd and 4th. This yeah, will... It's, it's gonna be disturbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, uh, the statement here says this will allow everyone the opportunity to assist the film or assess the film and the claims in it for themselves. I, I believe that's how the article stated this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my God, holy shit. Yeah, I mean, he's 
I know a lot of people that listen to your show like him, but like I think he's <laughs> creepy. I think he's creepy. <laughs> but trust me, he's creepy, all right. Yeah, he's creepy, and I think I mean I said guilty. <laughs> yeah, you think he's guilty, but he's he was acquitted of seven counts of child molestation and two counts of giving a drug to a thirteen-year-old yeah, boy. But he said. Yeah. That screams hmm. guilty. It's. It's pretty disgusting either way. Yeah. Let's just, let's just keep it real here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. One thing, peeing on, on your woman is one thing. Molesting children is another thing. That's a whole nother ball game. <laughs> exactly. Holy we do not shit. like that. We don't. We can't tolerate that sort of behavior, especially on this program. And actually, let me say something. Every time like his music comes on, you I'm not going to lie, I get a little disturbed and I take it off. It, you get a little weirded out? I get a little, like it has tainted, like, yeah, I don't like listening to his music because I think, oh, man, was he singing this to, like, a little child? Oof. Like, what was going on here? <laughs> My God, that's true. Yeah. it's disturbing. I don't even want to think about that, but, yeah, Michael Jackson, he's a freak. Yeah. I don't really care how you feel about it. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> the signs were there, people. Come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> now, that brings me to some more sad news. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Yes. Well, folks, another one bites the dust. Comedian Stephen Brody kicked the bucket at age 48. According to sources, LAPD was dispatched to the scene, and investigators spoke with his family. Of course, audio from the emergency dispatchers is available, where officials describe the scene as a quote-unquote hanging Good Lord. And from what I read, he got off his meds, Vanessa, and he was uh, on and off the meds, and that's where I suspect the depression took over his life. And uh, just one day, he finally was just like, after all, I'm kicking the bucket, it's over. And that's exactly what Mr. Mr. Um, Stephen Brody did, ladies and gentlemen, another comedian gone. He went out like Robin Williams. Very the sad. The, well, I don't think he was masturbating, but he did hang himself. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. I don't think I, Well, that was, that was a joke. <laughs> I don't but, think yes. Jimmy from Aladdin was masturbating. He, he wasn't. I, yeah, he wasn't. I just threw that in there for... Oh, okay. That's for, even <laughs> For Lowe's. <laughs> for Lowe's. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I had to bring in some, some funny there. Some it's sad news. Joke. I mean, yeah. it's sad news. He's a good, he's a good guy, apparently. I, you know, I didn't know him personally, of course, mm-hmm. but I know from uh, clips I've heard from him, he seemed like he was a pretty down and out type of guy. What I mean by that is I've kind of always felt he had one foot in the grave. Oh, God. He well, always seemed, really yeah, right? they're very effed in the head, most comedians. And it's, it's sad, really. So... Got off the meds and fell into this really bad state of depression. And apparently he was always very open about his issues with his depression and the past, his drug use. And from another thing I recall reading was that he was disappointed over negative reactions to a comedy special he had taped. And wow, holy shit. If he killed himself over a set, over a bad set that he felt was inadequate and he killed himself over some bullshit, that's, that's pretty sad. Yeah, he was in the wrong business because I mean you can't can't kill yourself for that. Show business was not for him, I guess. 
Yeah, you know, you know, you can't win them all. You can't win them all. And, of course, if anyone out there is listening to this and you're suicidal, um, listen up. You are not alone, and I don't mean that in the Michael Jackson uh, sense of lyrics that he wrote. You know, we oh, all... Oh, God, it's hard to take you seriously when you say stuff like that. Oh, of course. Well, I was trying to get serious now. And Okay. Okay, here we go. And, of course, we all go through things in life. We all know that. That leave us feeling... Like life is not fair at all, or everything is bad, and all the bad things in this world only happen to me, and things never go right. I know that's some of you out there, and of course, no matter what you are uh, facing, don't let the chaos of life uh, confuse you or break you down. I promise it'll all get better soon. So now back to Brody here. I, never, I mean, I've been mm-hmm. depressed before, not to get emo on your show, but like I've been depressed before, and you know what? Like. It's always like a, a new day the next day, and it, it, it always is. gets better. I mean, it's not going to get – yeah. It just makes you stronger, honestly. It really, really does. Anything that you survive makes you stronger. I agree. And yeah. going back to uh, Mr. Brody here, you know, I never watched any of his stand-up. He's another comedian. I'd only watch in short clips, Vanessa. And uh, I liked him a little bit. However, again, I could tell immediately that he was problematic and, and very complex, like many of us tend to be. But I knew – Psychologically, he he wasn't right in his head. Mm-hmm. I could I could just tell he was pretty messed up in there. Yeah, I think to to kill like if you kill yourself, you're you're like yeah, that's you're it's like pretty, on another level. That's yeah, pretty sad. It's pretty sad, yeah. Yeah, to go out that way, I you know I, I've always been in the past. I've always been kind of blunt about those who commit suicide, and I always said you know that's completely selfish uh, for your fans and for anyone who cares about you, really. And I still, I still hold on to that. However, I would always say only cowards would do something of that sort. And now I kind of want to go back and just say, you know, I don't exactly feel that way now anymore. I, I definitely do feel for those out there who go through these things. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't believe them to be cowards at all. I, I just think perhaps, obviously, they made decisions they probably shouldn't have made that drove them to their their um their final destination point there but it's it'll all get better though ladies and gentlemen if you are sad and down about whatever it is don't worry it will get better and the sun will shine on you eventually i do promise that and you know that brings me around back to well before i say that uh rest in peace to uh, brody stevens out there Wherever he may be, ladies and gentlemen. So, of course, now that brings us back around to a certain email I received, Vanessa, Mm -hmm. from a listener in the UK named Craig. And when I first read the email, the room almost got dusty for a second there, but I closed the window. Aww. You got (laughs) teary-eyed? Almost. Aww. And I didn't want to... How cute. I don't want... (laughs) I don't don't want to give away the details, because I don't think um, he even wanted me to address this on the air. I, I just wanted to say thank you to him for being a listener, and I'm happy to know that my show has helped you with your depression and anxiety issues. There are others out there who have expressed similar um, similar things to me, and each time it's not exactly that easy for me to respond in any way that will really capture uh, my emotions over, to be honest with you. Uh, when I first started doing the show... I didn't know I would play that sort of role for anyone, but I know you're out there, wherever you may be, and I'm incredibly moved by all of you and, of course, uh, Craig out there, 
uh, moved by your kind words and lots of great people out there. Thanks uh, for putting up with my nonsense here on the program. And that will almost draw us to an end here, Vanessa. We are mm-hmm. almost time for us to close shop. But I don't want to. That wanna... was so nice that it is perfect. It's a perfect ending. <laughs> well, that's, you know, I don't want to end things on, on a sad note. I wanted to bring around to some uh, crazy stuff here. Oh, good. Another joke. Gotta, yeah, I gotta make it happy here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you bumped yeah. me out a little bit. I'm not gonna. I gotta bring you back up. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to end things on a, on a low, on a low note there. But I'm gonna say, look, I've looked forward to your show before. Like, you know, it's nice to have something to look forward to. And listen to, and I, I'm one that I can say your show has helped me with like certain things because I look forward to it and I like listening to it and it's cool and, and that, and that helps when you're depressed. It really, really does to have something to look forward to. So I will say I agree with that, that person that emailed you. (laughs) Those sediments, yes. Yes, I agree. And I, and I understand. Yeah. So thank you all out there for putting up with my nonsense here. And of course, before we end up, uh, before we end the program rather, Mm-hmm. I thought we'll, we'll end it with more of a humorous story. And, of course, a few shows back, I interviewed Linda Godfrey, and we talked a little bit about Bigfoot and Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Maybe the next day, uh-huh. I recall there was, like, this article about a couple having sex outdoors in Bigfoot costumes, and they accidentally got shot by hunters. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Is it in Florida? No. I, very Florida. <laughs> it is actually very florida you could look it up. I believe it was a couple in Ohio, and I do have the article here. It says an Ohio couple's attempt to uh, spice up their sex life with some kinky role play turned horribly wrong as, yeah, as they were both shot by hunters while having sex in the woods in Sasquatch costumes. I mean, but what a way to go. <laughs> I'm not sure if they died, though. Oh, okay. Well, they're furries, obviously. Isn't that crazy, though? I mean, uh, Chris, I believe his name is Chris43, the girlfriend, uh, Janet41. I guess they were wearing these, uh, well, in, in the article it says disguises, but they, they weren't in disguise. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, they were, it says here they were engaging in, in loud sex in a wooded area a few miles out of Woodsfield when they were spotted by local hunters. That's messed up. They would kill Bigfoot, though. <laughs> it says here it looked like a like a couple of gorillas mating like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they were standing over six feet tall or six foot tall and kept growling and moaning. They re- they <laughs> they really look like wild creatures. Story? This is a real story. I'm not making it up. Okay, isn't, I like it. Isn't that isn't that something else? I mean, goals, honestly. <laughs> it really is. I mean, who? That, now that's a hell of a story. Yeah, me and my girlfriend were dressed up as Bigfoot and we were banging and, and we both got shot. That, honestly, that's a story. That is the hottest, that's the hottest story ever. And <laughs> I'm into it. I'm, in, I'm into it. That's so that's, funny. That's funny. It is. <laughs> it, it's, that's a good one. And uh, it says here criminal charges could eventually be filed against the negligent hunters. It says, mm-hmm. despite the unfortunate ac- accident, uh, Jared, I, I think that's the guy, I believe that's the, one of the guys there who shot, shot at them. Mm-hmm. I believe that's what, what it is. He remains convinced that Sasquatches exist and says oh he God. won't, he says he won't hesitate to kill it if he sees a real one. 
Okay. Good Lord. I mean, but they were just having sex. That's nice. How do you how do you mistake that though? I mean, I don't know. Was there holes? I, I need to. I, I know so many I questions, right? I have questions. We we really need to dissect this one and go further in. Yeah. Oh. Pun intended. Nice. Nice. That was good, right? <laughs> that was really good. I mean, on the spot. That's that how well, you know. <laughs> that's how I get down. <laughs> oh yeah. You know I get down. Well, Vanessa. I will be closing up shop right now. I know it's it's 10:17. It's time to close up here, Vanessa. So I definitely want you to say good night and say anything you'd like before we let you go, Vanessa. Anything uh, on your mind? Get it off your chest now. It's all good. Um, good night, and that, and I hope you have a nice weekend. I know I will. Well, Vanessa, thank you so much again for being here and helping out in the fun. I do appreciate you greatly. Thank you. I appreciate you too. 305. 305, not 805. 305. I know the 805. That's a, it's a highway out here, in California. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a, it's a, the one of the most popular. But yes, thank you, Vanessa, right. so much. Love you very much. Love you too. Good night. All right, good night. Take care. Bye. And there she goes, ladies and gentlemen. That was Vanessa. Give her a round of applause there. That was fantastic. I had a great time. I also would like to thank. Deprogrammed Radio and coming right up, of course, Steampunk Radio as well. And those in the chat room, Gang of Four, I see you there still. Really appreciate all of you out there. Thank you for hanging out with me and listening to the guests. Two great guests earlier. Amazing stuff. I'm Michael Deacon. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place and life itself is a mystery. Until next time. Good night, everybody.